headlines of the day from CMR. All right. Good morning, Sandy. How's it going? Good morning, Aaron. I'm good. How are you? Oh, yeah. Just glad it's Thursday. <laughs> Trying to get through this week. You're like, dude, yeah. One more day and then Blake can be back behind the board. Yeah. It's like it's so much easier just sitting there and just let him let him do it. Yeah. I like Absolutely. that. Better. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So in headlines this morning, um, the government uh, has announced exclusively on last night's premier access that they are contemplating extending the pension holiday through to September. So as you know, it was actually supposed to end um, this month. And this is where essentially you're not having to contribute to your pension. Um, and, you know, a lot of things are ending this month. So they are thinking about, and I think in the next couple of days, we should probably have a definitive answer about whether or not there will be a further and final extension for that. So uh, quite interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And uh, we should also be hearing some additional information in the coming days about the CUC relief program. So um, we are waiting to hear more about the details of that as well as regulations. So the regulations come to an end on the 30th of this month, the current uh, COVID regulations. So that's a week from today. But the government is uh, making some amendments to those. They haven't quite yet said what the amendments will be, but we can expect some amendments to be coming. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. So a man has been charged with possession of an imitation firearm. This is in relation to an incident in East End where he was brandishing a gun and threatening occupants. And it was a realistic replica of a nine millimeter firearm. Now, interestingly enough, um, even for imitation firearms, I think you're looking at the exact same sentence. So well, people should know. Yeah. You know, don't play around with Fake guns, even. I mean, in our house, like, we don't even let the the little fake guns, the kids, you know, like, not that I like them having them, but we don't let them point them at each other and shoot. Like, we, you know, mm-hmm. try to keep, like, the respect that would be the same as having a real gun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's interesting. So, um, yes, indeed. Uh, government news, Satanya Cacho is actually going to be taking up a new role in the office of the deputy governor. She, she was uh, previously um, the chief officer in the Ministry of Education, and she had indicated, it said um, some time ago, that she was interested in, um, you know, more key strategic position that expanded beyond education. So now she's going to be a strategic operations officer in the deputy governor's office. Okay, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, sounds interesting. We'll keep an eye on that situation. Um, I think people always suspect when civil servants move around and sometimes there really is nothing to it. (laughs) People get promotions. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. So congratulations to her. Um, I think it's a promotion. Is it a pro- yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, could, be, it, it could be a lateral move. Oh, well, hey, you know, yeah. whatever. Different, maybe maybe a better situation for her. Yeah, exactly. And a 25-year-old man of Georgetown has also been charged with five offenses after he was rearrested uh, on June the 17th in relation to an incident that initially took place on May the 27th. So this man has been arrested in suspicion of possession of ganja, causing fear or provocation of violence and other related offenses. Um, But he's been bailed pending further inquiries. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. And then I saw a bunch of uh, the, at Barker's beach, all the kite board stuff was stolen. 
Yes. Isn't that like, crazy? Well, what are they going to do? Put it on, like, I mean, we'll EK. be looking out for it on EK Trade, you know, I obviously. Know. And that stuff, you know, they do. They start up a new, start up a new business. Yes, yeah, so kiteboarding equipment was stolen from a trailer, um, oh. and the police are inviting, investigating this. It's over $20,000 worth of equipment from wow. a secured metal trailer that was located at Barker's Beach in West Bay. So, folks, if you see anyone trying to start up a new kite uh, boarding business. Or trying to sell any <laughs> of it. Sell, yes. No bill, it looks like, and some kind stuff. So yeah, just go and have a have a look online to see what the stolen because they have pictures of all the stuff and just look out for it. But yeah, it's just what are they going to do with it? Like we had a paddleboard stolen once, and I mean I'm sure they were able to sell it or whatever, but it's just yeah, that's yep. just not cheap either. Kiteboarding like yeah. stuff, it's you know so uh -huh. that's that. Well, those are some of your news headlines for this morning. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sandy's heading over to Bobo. We'll see you in on the Friday show. Yes, absolutely. All right. In, enjoy. Bye, everyone. Thank you. All right. And that's your top headlines. From All right. So uh, that's Erin by herself in the studio for two weeks. I know what it's like when you get used to someone doing things like that in the studio. Trust me. All right. Here we're doing it all. So let's get it.
sorrel, ginger, fever grass, or English. Get it ready. Your morning tea just got hotter. Ooh, honey child. On the cold hard truth, Bobo 89.1 and Cayman's number one talk show are bringing you morning talk like no one else. Monday Rewind, Impact Wednesdays, Caribbean Connections, and much more. Don't miss a beat with what's happening in the local community. Just keep sipping your tea. What a mess. Here's your host, live and direct from the Cayman Islands, Sandy Hill. Thursday. It is June the 23rd. Don't forget that in less than a week, on June the 29th, we're going to be celebrating. That's next week, Wednesday, in case you weren't sure. Our fifth anniversary here at Cayman Mall Road. It is party time, folks. Um, I'm not sure who is calling me this morning, but I always try to remind people, 7.30 sharp, actually before 7.30, because we're live on, on KISS 106. So if you're not calling to be on the show right now, um, this is not the ideal time to call me. So call me back after 10 o'clock. Good morning, K-Man. How is everyone doing? I'm having a bagel for breakfast this morning. And you know, I always tell you guys that occasionally I eat a bagel, but um, I'm also aware that bagels offer you like zero nutritional value. It's just bread that's going to fill your stomach. Um, but as my aunt Adonia always says, a belly full sometimes is a belly full chill. So you can't be too picky when you're in a rush in the morning. So I'm having a, what kind of bagel is this? This is, um, I think, a raisin or blueberry bagel or something. I don't know. Anyway, um, I need to go get some of my overnight oats and keep those in the fridge so that I can eat a little bit healthy, healthier. Okay, so COVID is very much around still. A big shout out to uh, a young lady who tested positive yesterday and she sent me her positive results. Sandy, I tested positive. You know, there's still a lot of people in the community who are testing positive and there are people who are simply not testing none at all. And so I think it's estimated that there, there are at least a couple hundred people at any given time who would have COVID, but because they're not um, testing, and that's a minimum of a couple hundred people just because they're not testing then it's not being reported in the official figures now. Is that cream cheese all over my face? Y'all could have told me that. Come on now. You're my co-host here in the mornings. Don't be making me look crazy. <laughs> all right. So um, good morning to Miss Vernita. Good morning to Miss Alice. Marshall is here. Buenos dias to Miss Rita. Irvelyn is here. Mental illness. Um, it says, when Ukraine joined the EU and NATO moves into Ukraine, Russians are going to send off the nukes. Then this world war will start. So we're all going to need our guns. I got my gun. West Bay Logwood's waiting. They kill my brother. Hold on, man. Well, mental illness. Um, I'm sorry that you feel that way. But if I were you, I wouldn't be announcing on the radio um, and on CMR that uh, you've got a gun in Logwood's. Because, you know, that's the kind of thing that you might get a knock on the door about. So um, I don't think that uh, that's going to help you if if what you say is going to happen with nukes. Uh, no firearm will help you if a nuke uh, lands on the Cayman Islands. So that's a complete waste of your time and energy, even thinking about it, really. 
Um, maybe the only thing that might survive are the cockroaches. Maybe. Miss Felicia, good morning. Janice, good morning to you. Olivia, good to see you. Louis from Detroit. So CMR Nation, good morning to you and all. And of course, uh, Sandra, Miss CMR herself. You know, Louis, it is so funny. I went to the gas station yesterday um, and it pains me when I do have to fill up. But, you know, we all drive vehicles. So occasionally we do have to put gas in the car. And um, there was a young Filipina lady at the gas station and she said, hi, Miss CMR. And then the other young lady who looked like she might have been Caymanian said her name is Miss Sandy or Miss Sandra. It's not CMR. And I kind of chuckled and I said, don't worry about it. Um, I'll, I'll take either one because there are people who seem to not remember my name but they remember CMR's name. So our fifth anniversary coming up next week, Wednesday, we're going to have prizes, uh, folks of all sorts, including, I should say, cash prizes. So there is a way to pre-register. I'm going to share that with you guys here in a little bit. So go ahead and pre-register um, if you'd like to be eligible for one of the prizes. And of course, we'll have gift certificates from some of our partners as well. So mm, 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 fun times. But hey, I think we, we're going to have some grocery store voucher vouchers and uh, maybe even some gas vouchers because everybody needs a little bit of gas right now. Uh, so practical gifts for our anniversary party coming up here shortly. So good morning. Um, uh -oh. Why is this thing beeping at me? Why is it beeping at me? Nope, that's not it. I'm trying to do something here and it keeps beeping at me. All right, there we go. So good morning to Aliano. How are you? Uh, Richard is here. Louis says 629, 2022. I'm celebrating with you. CMR's fifth anniversary, not six, but fifth. Only five years old, little bitty bitty. Uh, good morning to Miss Brenda. Um, no, my dear, I didn't have any fruits in the fridge this morning. This is what happens when you're not prepared. Miss Morna, I drank a lot of uh, coconut water last night, though. Ooh, I was running to the bathroom before bedtime. I was like, oh, Lord, why do I always drink coconut water right before bed? Because, you know, <laughs> it goes right through your kidneys. Um, does anybody have any idea? This is sort of a weird thing, right? But why does coconut water flush you out differently than regular water. You know, you can drink a whole glass of regular water and you don't feel the urgency to run to the bathroom like you do with coconut water. Does anybody know why that is? Huh, something I've always kind of wondered about, but maybe someone in the medical profession is listening this morning and they know why. Carrie Ann, good morning. Good morning, Miss Morna. We've got Amiria who's here. It says, pleasant good morning, Sandy and the Cayman Islands. We're blessed to wake up for another beautiful day. Indeed we are. Louis says, I have a COVID story for you. Feeling sick the other day, and I didn't believe the home test result. So I went to the drive-through lab and got tested, and it's still the same results. So you're positive. Are you now recovered, or how was it, uh, Louis? Let us know. Um, you know, I have still not tested positive for COVID, and I'm knocking in a lot of wood here when I say this, because I think I might be one of the few people that have not had um, a COVID test, positive test result. And I do test um, occasionally for different reasons. But yeah, you never know. You just never know, honey, Jim. Um, there's some research about why some people are more likely to get COVID than others. And um, I, I did see the story. Maybe I'll get a chance to share that a little bit later on. So if you missed the show last night, it was Wednesday Premier Access. 
you missed a very, very um, interesting show. So the premiere comes on for an hour every other Wednesday for premiere access where you can ask him your questions and give comments and feedback. And it's just one of the ways in which he can have um, a bit more direct communication with the public. Of course, it's live on Bobo 89.1. Yes, did I just get that right? <laughs> I had a brain slip there. Um, so it is live on Bobo as well. And um, yeah, you know, just um, tune in and it's always interesting. So there's some tidbits of information that came out of that that we're gonna be talking about here this morning. And we also gonna be talking about a bit of a situation that is trending this morning, which includes um, the fact that <laughs> the, the Minister of um, Tourism and Transport did a, I think it was a live stream yesterday. And as a result of that, uh, it was about a lady who's going to be losing her home. It has been trending. And um, we're going to hopefully be talking to her this morning around 8.15 about the predicament and the situation that she has found herself in. Always really sad uh, when people are in this situation. And we need to understand, I think, how they got there because there's always a lesson to be learned in how you end up in a particular situation. It's fine that we all want a quick fix, but more importantly than fixing something is avoiding it to begin with, right? So you guys know, we, we sit here every single day talking about all sorts of different issues that impact this community. Whether it's child abuse, yesterday we were talking about, you know, um, criminality in the Cayman Islands, all these topics. And we always hyper-focus on what to do after the fact. And, you know, there has to be an after the fact. But for me, the focus and the concentration always has to be, what, what did um, Aunt Lottie used to say in her pearls of wisdom? Uh, an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. And believe me you, I can think of no situation where that actually isn't true. Prevention, prevention, prevention. So whether it's, you know, financial situations, financial recovery uh, from a disaster, trying to prevent that from happening in the first place is a much better position to be in. So through our collective um, stories, you know, we can learn from each other and we can understand really um how to avoid getting into these sorts of predicaments. I feel like we've all been there, but we'll talk about that a little bit closer to the eight o'clock hour. So we have some people weighing in on the coconut water situation. And this person says coconut water has certain minerals and uh, is it phytonutrients that make it a, a diuretic? Oh, okay. Well, it works really well, Jill. I mean to tell you. I had uh, not even a full glass and I was like, oh my God, gotta run to the bathroom again. Oh my God, gotta run to the bathroom again. Uh, I was trying to get through a movie, which is unusual. I didn't really see it from the beginning, but it's the Doctor Strange movie. And I was like, oh, this looks like an interesting movie. Oh, gotta go to the bathroom again. <laughs> um, so someone else says coconut water is so pure that during World War II, there were instances where there was no blood for transfusion and they used coconut water. Hmm. Really? Wow. That's crazy. Didn't know you could substitute anything like that. Hmm. Oh, there you have it. Um, Siobhan is up early this morning sending me what she's cooking in her air fryer. 
Uh, Siobhan Hydes, I hope you're listening to the program. She is um, obsessed with her air fryer at the moment. So every time she puts something in the air fryer, she's always sending me a photo of what she's doing. Um, I think she, she's taunting me because she knows that I have an air fryer that has been in the box now for uh, probably over a year, I think. <laughs> and it hasn't come out of the box for use yet. And she keeps saying, girl, you've got to try this air fryer. It's like the best thing ever invented after sliced bread. Maybe I'll take it out this weekend. Good morning, Bishop. He says, good morning, Sandy. Wishing you all the best today. 9362626 is the number. So Louis says he's negative and unvaccinated. Lucky for you, Louis. Lucky for you. He says, medicated but not vaccinated. Food for thought. Well, you know, we know that even vaccinated people can catch COVID. It's just a question of when you get it, what happens to you? Um, and, you know, vaccines work. Uh, one of the things that the premier was actually saying last night was how incredibly well we have done in terms of our numbers because of the vaccines. I thought that that was really, really interesting. So Ms. Marjorie says, good morning. I wish I could remember to listen to her premiere. I try to remind people when I remember earlier in the morning show, but yes, it's every other Wednesday. And um, one good way to remember is to um, simply look on the Facebook page because normally we'll post it up earlier in the day to say, hey, he's on tonight at seven o'clock. So the person to get rearrested, you know what? I was just thinking about this this morning because I actually know, um, I think that was, what day is today? Today's Thursday. That was a show this week where someone sent me something in relation to this gun incident in the East End. And they actually identified who the person was because they said, oh, you know, he's actually from Baden Town. And they gave his name. But y'all know my memory. Some days I'm just like, uh. I got so many messages. I don't know. I can't remember. But I do know that someone sent me. Um, I do know for sure someone told me who this who this was just a couple days ago, in fact. So I'm sure I can look through my messages and figure out. Eh. Um, uh-huh. I'll have a look later on because I, I they definitely gave a name. And of course, we'll verify that with um, the court's office in terms of charges and stuff. Uh, Y'all need to behave yourselves. Trust me when I tell you that jail can't be any fun. Um, I've always said that I wasn't really built for jail. I'm too cute for prison life. Uh, I don't see that working out for me very well. So I try to do my best not to um, do anything that's going to put me down that path. I tell you, I need to be able to get my coconut water when I feel like it, watch a movie when I feel like it, get up and get, go in the car when I feel like it. I don't need anybody restricting like, oh, you have to get up now. Well, I get up because I got to work, but you know what I mean? Um, oh, you can't take a shower right now. You can't wear certain clothes because you're in prison garment. Although I think here that prisoners get a lot of leverage, apparently because they seem to be able to control social media accounts from the prison walls, which to me is, is uh, quite shocking and, and, and interesting, right? So um, I don't know. And they're still bleaching and wearing weave and stuff in prison. So only God knows what kind of prison system we really have. But anywho, that's just me over here in my little corner opining about these things. Good morning to the beautiful Emma. 
She says, happy early anniversary, CMR. Thank you so much. Five years. It's hard to believe. Melita, good morning. Good morning to Diamond Princess. She says, happy Thursday, everyone. Miss Barbara is here wishing everyone a wonderful day. KK is having a laugh. KK is always laughing about something, Joe. Half the time, I don't even know what KK laughed about, but she uh, is laughing. Um, Louie, good morning. Choices and consequences. Well, that's what life is all about. Miss Beulah, morning to you. Uh, Emma says, off topic, but when are we going to get some consumer protection laws on this rock? These people can sell you anything. Loads of rebuilded, rethreaded, cheap quality products. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. And we've been begging for that for probably 25 plus years. Uh, but I don't know that it's necessarily going to address those types of issues because normally it's in the world of, of um, you know, retail and that sort of thing. It's normally buyers beware. Uh, very few circumstances where um, consumer laws are going to speak to the quality of the item that you're purchasing because you as the buyer have to be cognizant of what it is that you're purchasing and you have to do your due diligence. So if it's a vehicle, you need to have somebody look it over, like a mechanic who knows what they're doing. If it's a house, you know, you have an inspection carried out on the home. Um, those are the big ticket purchase items that you should be particularly concerned about. But, um, you know, yeah, so consumer protection will address certain things. I think one area that we definitely need protection is in the rental market because ooh, landlords and tenants, quite frankly, are just railroading each other all over the place. So KK, yes, we're going to be talking about that um, here in a minute. Uh, so this video with Kenneth Bryan um, had him in tears. And, uh, you know, I, I feel for any situation like that, because I do know that even when you're not in the situation, you feel for people who are, because perhaps you yourself have been there. And I think a lot of us can relate to financial troubles, you know, and nobody, 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 nobody wants to lose their home. Um so we'll definitely be talking about that here in a second. Marshall says prison in Cayman is not a real prison. They have the best life home away from their house. They have access to phones, internet, Facebook, and whatever else they want. Three meals a day. They come out of prison fat and looking good. Mm -hmm. And then they get to tell you that they weren't actually in prison at all. They went on a vacation and half y'all be believing it. What a hot mess. All right, let's uh, check in with Misha for this morning's news headlines. Misha and Kevin. Every day, giving you the news and weather. Let's see what's on tap for today. Hello and welcome to CMR Daily Buzz. I'm Misha Allinger and thank you for joining us. Officers responded to a report of an altercation among several persons involving a firearm and a machete shortly after 12.30 a.m. on 18th June in East End. Upon the arrival of officers, multiple vehicles fled the location. Officers conducted searches at the scene and no weapons have been found. The matter remains under investigation and anyone with information is encouraged to contact the Bodentown Police Station at 947-2220. Anonymous tips can be provided directly to the RCIPS via their confidential tip line at 949-7777 or their website rcips.ky. 
RCIPS is investigating a report of kiteboarding equipment theft that occurred at Barkers Beach in West Bay. Kiteboarding equipment valued over CI $20,000 was stolen from a secured metal trailer at the beach. The owner of the business told the police that the trailer door was secured with two padlocks on 19 June. However, the next day, 20 June, around noon, he discovered the padlocks damaged and over 20 kites and 10 kite boards were missing. The stolen equipment has distinctive markings and images of a selection of the items have been provided to aid with identification. Police are currently investigating this incident and are appealing to anyone with information about the theft or the whereabouts of the equipment to call the West Bay Police Station at 949-3999. RCIPS is also reminding the public to be vigilant when purchasing secondhand goods. If offered kiteboarding equipment or any secondhand goods under questionable cir circumstances, please contact the RCIPS to check the origins to avoid potentially purchasing stolen goods. A 24-year-old Bottentown man was arrested and formally charged with possession of an imitation firearm with intent to commit an offense. On 19 June, officers responded to a report of an incident involving a firearm at an address in East End. The occupants of the residence reported that a man known to them knocked on the door and brandished what appeared to be a firearm, however, left the location prior to the arrival of the police. The following day, on June 19th, the man revisited the address and was seen sitting in a vehicle parked across the street. The officers attended and conducted a search of the vehicle and recovered an item resembling a firearm, which was later determined to be a realistic replica of a 9mm pistol. He appeared in court on 22nd June. A 25-year-old man of Georgetown was re-arrested on 17 June who was released on bail. The Georgetown man was originally arrested on 27th May in relation to suspicion of possession and consumption of ganja, causing fear or provocation of violence and other related offenses. The man was subsequently admitted to Georgetown Hospital but was represented in court on Monday 20th June where he was remanded in custody until 28th June. Cayman Islands Education, through the Early Childhood Care and Education Unit, are assisting eligible children so they are able to attend registered early childhood centers. For more information, visit schools.edu.ky. DART has entered into an agreement with the Cayman Brack Power and Light Company located in Stake Bay, Cayman Brack. DART will acquire its assets and its electricity generation, transmission and distribution licenses pending the approval of Utility Competition and Regulation Office. This confirmation of the acquisition comes over a year after CMR sources revealed the news in January 2021. Brack Power and Light approached DART in line with their ongoing strategy to find a successor to innovate and invest in the existing infrastructure and sustainable future of the sister islands. Already one of the largest producers of solar energy in Grand Cayman, DART said it is committed to sustainable growth in the Cayman Islands. Let's hear from Kevin Wattler for updates on Cayman's weather. Hello Cayman, I'm Kevin Wattler and this is your CMR weather update. It's brought to you by WG Charters. Sunrise at 548, intervals of clouds and sunshine today. The day will heat up to the mid-80s, winds east-northeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour, sunset at 706. Tonight, winds will be light and variable. The temperature falls to the upper 70s. High tides at 6.06 a.m. and 7.25 p.m. Low tides at 12.43 a.m. and 12.40 p.m. 
Looking forward, similar weather conditions are expected. Please stay hydrated and enjoy the beautiful Cayman Islands. CMR weather updates are brought to you by WG Charters. They offer private boat trips for a great price, so we encourage you to support them. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Kevin, for those updates. In regional news, gunshots from heavy automatic weapons erupted across Haiti's capital and neighboring localities early June 20th, sending scores of people into great panic. The hours before ninth graders began sitting for their annual state exams and days after a gang leader vowed to set certain areas into turmoil. Residents have linked the chaos to a suspected criminal and alleged gang leader of 400 Mavazo. The gang leader allegedly promised to set Pernier on fire if the government does not involve him in talks to restore peace and tranquility through the Haitian National Police. In international news, Red Air Flight arriving from Santo Domingo caught fire after it crash-landed, tearing through structures before coming to rest on the turf area on June 21st around 5.30 p.m. The landing gear of the plane reportedly collapsed as it landed at the Miami International Airport. The aircraft was carrying 126 passengers, including 11 crew members on board, out of which three people were hospitalized with minor injuries. CMR is celebrating its fifth anniversary on June 29, 2022. Tune in to our anniversary show to celebrate with us and win exciting cash prizes and much more. Mark the date June 29, Wednesday, 7.30 a.m. with Sandy and CMR crew. For more in-depth news and headlines, please visit our website, caymanwildroad.com. Tune in to The Cold Hard Truth with Sandy Hill, Monday to Friday at 7.30 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube and Bobo 89.1 FM. Thank you for tuning in to CMR Daily Buzz. I'm Misha Allinger. Please do not drink and drive and stay safe. folks good morning welcome back morning jonathan what are you going on about me saying it says people are still not gonna have to worry about the quality of products um we're gonna have to worry about getting any products at all huh what a mess all right so um interesting point that indeed uh, NATO uh, is looking at um, having Ukraine join. Normally that process takes many, many, many years. So I don't know if there's a way for them to expedite and fast track it, but um, we'll certainly find out. Uh, very, very interesting. Um, so yes, let's, let's see. We've got someone here in the studio. I'm not quite sure if this is the guest that I'm expecting, but let's have a look. Good morning, caller. Hello. Good morning. So just a just a reminder that the uh, we have a link where you can actually jump into the studio. So what that means is you are live with us, and you gotta be you gotta be ready. Um. Oh, someone just uh, pointed out a little typo in the five-year flight. Thank you so much. I'm going to forward that to, um, I did not pick up on that, and I guess neither did a few other people, but um, 
I will have that rectified this morning. I send that to the graphic designer right now. Uh, appreciate it. Yes. Um, one of our designers, he is actually, I was telling you guys that, um, you know, there were a number of floods in, um, in Bangladesh and other areas. And he was uh, out despite being impacted by the flooding over the weekend. I think he was much more fortunate than a lot of other people. And so as a result of that, he was actually out yesterday. <coughs> My apologies. He asked for the day off because he was out yesterday giving back uh, to the community and doing donated. He sent me some photos and stuff that they were out donating at like food and other um, supplies to people who were in much more need uh, than he was. So I thought, oh, that's, that's, um, that's amazing. And that's fantastic. So I said, yes, take the day off to do your community service in your, you know, community there in Bangladesh. So um, all right, shall we try Queenie again? I'm not sure. Queenie, are you with us? Are you ready? Are you trying to be on the program? Or did you just click the link by mistake? Okay, well, we can't hear you, so we're going to kick you out of the studio on the assumption that you didn't actually mean to do that. Some people click on it thinking that that's how they listen to the program, but it's actually not. Um, so Melba Nixon is here. Good morning, Miss Melba says God's children are such a blessing even more when they are twins. Um, okay. What were we talking about twins this morning? Did I miss something? I'm not sure. Miss Brenda says it can be fast track. Look at Finland and Denmark's applications. Thank you, Miss Brenda. Melita says maybe it's our African prince. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. All right, folks, let's get talking about what's happening. Um, so, a couple of things trending. Um, yesterday morning, uh, not morning, last night, there was a gentleman who reached out to us on social media, on Facebook, and he says that he is a fan of the show and he's been listening and he wants to find himself a Caymanian woman to get married and settle down with. Now, I tried to warn him. <laughs> I'm like, Caymanian woman. Ooh, honey child, you better just leave that hot mess alone. But of course, he was convinced that that's, that's what he wanted. And I said, are you sure? Because he's asking me to post it up on his behalf. And I said, are you sure you actually want me to do that? You know, because uh, first of all, Caymanian women probably have more than their pick of the litter in terms of options, right? So um, they're not, well, I was going to say they're not desperate, but who am I kidding? Some of us are desperate based on the caliber of what we're picking up. Um, men and women, there is a level of desperation, but I said, you know, they've got a lot of options, like right in the region. They don't have to go all the way to Africa to find a man. Eh, I mean, yes, I believe in thinning out the gene pool just a little bit, but we don't have to go that far. So he was insistent. He's like, no, miss, I want you to put it up. I said, okay, we're not in the matchmaking business, but if you insist, which he did, uh, that he wanted to find a Caymanian woman. The interesting thing about this is this is very topical, actually, and this kind of ties into some of the discussions that we have here on the program all the time about arranged marriages. Now, I should tell you, theoretically, I don't have an issue with arranged marriages because there are arranged marriages that happen all over the world. And a lot of you know my first love was... Um, a, <laughs> a guy from Sri Lanka. And he explained to me in some 
terms the logic of arranged marriages in the sense that this is something he said to me and I always thought it was so interesting that you could learn to love someone um but you know some of the commonalities that you need in life to be able to make it with someone else you know common goals and objective similar religious backgrounds similar financial um, backgrounds and stuff it kind of makes sense that people with common ground um, actually get together and you might not be the ideal person to find your mate so sometimes people in like communities and villages or whatever will help and push you in that direction now there's some people who have no choice in who they marry and they're forced to marry you know they're like nine years old and they're marrying a 50 something year old man i was watching that this weekend in afghanistan very very disturbing but those people are truly poor and the families are selling off their female children which is just abhorrent and disgusting, but they're selling off their female children in order to just survive. Y'all imagine that for like $2,000. And here we are complaining about everything under the sun. Lord have mercy. Mm -mm -mm. When I tell you poverty and distress is all relative, believe me, it really, really is. But anyway, um, so, you know, there's some logic to arrange marriages where the person still ultimately has a choice. Um, because, you know, you come from a similar background. Those are things that you'll never have to fight about. We have a concept in the Western world that opposites attract. And I always used to say, after having this relationship of my own and realizing that differences really can be quite a hell of a thing in relationships, I always used to say um, opposites can attract, but the real question is for how long, <laughs> you know? And the research shows, quite frankly, that opposites do not tend to work out very well. It's not that it doesn't happen, but um, personality-wise, it just doesn't tend to be something that is going to have a whole lot of longevity. Yes. So this African prince, or whoever he is, he didn't say he was a prince, but this African guy, decided that, um, you know, he wanted to reach out to, he says he wants a Caymanian woman in his life. I thought, does this man even know what he's getting into? <laughs> what, he's, what he's really asking for? Honey child, Caymanian women can be very demanding. You, want, you really want a Caymanian woman? Anyway, he insisted. And I'm like, okay, we all know he's trying to find a better life and thinking that he can jump on some Caymanian fool to make that happen. But it happens here every single day. So it's not um, unheard of uh, that this would be the case. <sighs> so we posted it up and your comments have been nothing less than brutal. <laughs> Woo, which I, I, you know, tried to warn him. I, when I said to him tongue in cheek that, oh no, they've got lots of options right in Jamaica. Um, it wasn't a situation where you know, I, I was trying to warn, I was trying to warn him and he didn't listen. So in typical Caymanian fashion, <laughs> you guys went after him uh, with a degree of vengeance. And the comments, I got to tell you, were at times funny. 173 comments. I'm so happy that we can give some degree of um, comic relief in our lives. Because, you know, life isn't easy right now. So let's let's read some of these comments, shall we? Before we get into the depressing stuff of the morning. 
<laughs> so 173 comments. The post has reached, oh Lord, I don't even know how many people. Tons of people. Oh, I think I need to, hold on. Um, Facebook has this whole thing now where you got to do all kind of profile foolishness and whatever to be able to view certain things. They've changed their pages. Okay, here we go. So um, we have, let me see here now. Where is it? 173 comments. Oh, yes. So this post has reached over 23,000 of you and over 7,500 of you have decided to engage in the post in some way. Well, Nancy says, in every nationality, you have good and bad. I wouldn't bash him. He can be genuine and he might not, uh, and he might not be, won't judge him. Wish him all the best. And what I know is if he's serious with good intentions, good heart, the Lord would bless him with his heart's desires. So the Lord's going to give him a Caymanian woman. Like I said, be careful what you're asking for. Um, Melita says Sandy or CMR, send him my way. I've gotten familiar with a few of them and they appear to be affectionate. Like I'm not going to be there because apparently some other nation only wants to get on and off. Just saying. After all that, and I don't think otherwise, because I love my own Bobo and he rocks my world. I stick to the devil I know. So she's not, doesn't sound like Melita's going to go too far. She's saying, give me a Caymanian. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Uh, Joseph says, brother, there's no waste gal here that you can get. So go try Guyana. You may have some luck. And Karen says, no, don't send him to her neighbors. No, 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 no. How many countries he have? Plenty. What a hot mess. Um, some people are having a good little laugh. <laughs> Somebody asked Joseph is he, if he has something against Guyana. <sighs> so that kind of went down a different path. Uh, Desi says, nobody falls in love quicker than a person who's looking a place to catch. You better move, what, move? Move your ass from ya, kiss my teeth. Miss Jamaican, bet ya, bet ya na wa me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Desi coming hard at the poor man. El Ray says maybe he's the Nigerian with the $100 million inheritance. Go for it, ladies. Um, Yurali says that she's looking to be adopted by some rich family. So she's <laughs> going to put that out there in the universe. And here's funny. Um, Deborah says to call Dart. <laughs> Y'all want poor Dart for everything. <laughs> Oh, Lord, I'm sure if you all had the opportunity to be adopted into the Dart family, you would jump on it. Y'all wouldn't be cussing Dart then. Mm-hmm. Y'all would be like, yeah, Uncle Dart, hook me up. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a little bit humorous, but um, I wish this young man luck if he actually is looking for love, because this is what he said. I'm an African, but I came across this, this page on Facebook. Since then, I've always been a fan and always been conversant with all of the story to you been posting, but I really wish to find a woman of my dream. I mean, a woman I can settle down and spend the rest of my life with. I'm 36 years old, thanks. 
Um, so good luck to you, young man. I don't know if finding love in the Cayman Islands. Um, Al says, is he a Nigerian prince? Because of, of course we all know that Nigerians are famous for um, being a little bit of a, a swindlers. They're known for that. And, you know, they run lottery scams and other such things. But uh, Keisha says Cayman Mall Road is getting hot in here laughing out loud. So, you know, I wish him luck because I'm sure he was probably being quite honest, uh, whether it's a scam or not, only God knows. But he is looking, he's looking for a woman and he um, seems to think that, uh, although I doubt he knows very much about the Cayman Islands, he seems to think that the ideal woman might be a Caymanian. Shall y'all need to check that out. Uh, Melita says, yes, maybe it's her African prince. Good morning to Brother Tommy. Matrix says, oh, Christ, another one to put up with on this island. Try not to post that on your site. You'll be getting them nonstop if you post that one. <laughs> um, Luis uh, says, uh, some of us Caymanians are too desperate. We collect garbage and we need status, only no love in their heart. Now, you know, Miss um, Brenda says, stop encouraging the scammer. You know, this is a thing. There's there, there are people in this community who marry straight up for money. And I know it's hard to believe because, again, the people that they're importing in, listen, it would be one thing if you married for money and it was like a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm, he's loaded like uh, Murdoch or something. We're talking about millions and millions of dollars. Uh, I would say a lot of us would be tempted if somebody has that kind of money. They would look, even if they're the ugliest person in the world, they'd probably start to look a little bit better when you see a lot of dollar signs. But we don't even have those standards. I was watching a video yesterday. It was one of those Facebook reels about, um, and it was back in 1965, I think. And it was all about what women wanted back then. And women were like, yeah, I need a man who is financially stable. Like if he has money, I don't care what he looks like. And <laughs> One woman, they were like, oh, how important, how important is looks? And so the final person was like, um, well, um, yeah, I mean, you can settle for an ugly guy because I married one. Oh, my gosh. I burst out laughing when I heard her say that. This was 1965. I said, well, hopefully your husband never saw that recording because she's like, yeah, I'm, I married an ugly guy. So there had to be something else that was attractive about him. But, um, you know, I find that here we don't even have. We don't even have enough sense to marry people with money. We'd be like, oh, I'm just going to marry this guy um, who's going to pay me $500 or maybe $2,000 to enter into an arrangement with him. And th then every month he'll give me like $200. I'm like, listen, if we did a cost benefit analysis, right, of what he's getting in exchange to be able to live here in the Cayman Islands and work and, you know, all these freedoms eventually get um, RERC and status and all this kind of stuff, probably knock you up with a couple of children that you didn't really want anyway. Uh, so that's going to cost you money. It doesn't really sound like something that is benefiting the women who are doing it, but yet they're, they're engaged in it. I'm telling you, I know some people myself, very, very close situations. So I'm a little bit more aware of the details and they continue to marry uh, mostly Jamaican men. Let's be honest, it's a little bit of a scam situation with Caymanian, for the most part, women, Caymanian women, but occasionally you see it in the reverse way. You see a Jamaican woman marrying a Caymanian man, but Caymanian men are funny because most of them, what they're looking for 
they think that they need to find in Honduras or the Philippines, apparently, or Cuba or some Latin country. So you notice the trends of what Caymanian men seem to be attracted to? At the moment, the going trend is someone of a Latin or Spanish background. Mm -hmm. So a lot of Caymanian men are not necessarily interested in their own Caymanian women. And uh, it's interesting when you start to ask questions like, oh, what was it about this person that attracted you? Because not like they're educated or they necessarily have, you know, again, they don't have any money. So it can't be the money. It can't be finances. They're going to be a burden on you. And they may even have one or two burdens that they're dragging along called kids. Uh, so help me understand. Oh, it's the straight hair that you're going for. It's the fake boobs and the, you know, liposuction tummy and the bonky that has been injected with God knows what. So looks is a big thing. And men enjoy walking around with a woman that is a good looking woman so they can show her off to their friends. It's a little bit of like the key, um, the peacock syndrome, right? They're like, you can't touch my peacock, but you can look at her. And somehow men feel like it makes them, I don't know, the king when they can carry around a certain eye candy on their hands or on their arms, I should say. Um, Matrix says some Caymanian women need to raise their standards starting with themselves. And <laughs> Matrix, I completely a thousand percent agree with you. I think all of us could probably do with at times uh, raising our standards, but more and more we see that it's mostly the women who are being targeted. And I don't know why it must be that. What did somebody say yesterday? Um, Mandango or whatever, <laughs> you know, that's attracting these women. I'm not really sure, but it, there does seem to be some level of desperation that is happening. And I get that there are actually more women in Cayman than men. I don't know what the exact figures are at the moment, statistically speaking. But I think that that sometimes makes us feel like, oh, God, you'll never find a good man. And so sometimes you're going to settle. And there are people out there who are like settling for, you know, oh, I'll just take him, although he's in a relationship with somebody else. Um, Jonathan says CMR Tinder, <laughs> CMR love connection, CMR hookups coming soon. Just one click away. Oh, no, 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 no. Um. So Melita says, but ladies, remember that we got to come bubbly because they like the meat. This is so sad that the the what's considered beautiful has changed over the years. And um, interestingly enough, there was a time when women with curves who were normally of African Afro descent, you know, the the boobs and the big behind and the big hips and whatever, that was not seen. There was a time when that was not seen as attractive. And so now, ironically, those things have shifted and women who are um call them fluffy or whatever, you know, Caribbean men be like, oh, don't lose too much weight. Now, you know, you get, you're getting too skinny. You know, they don't necessarily like a skinny woman. They want somebody with a little bit of meat to be able to hold on to in those, I was going to say those cold wintry nights, but we don't really have any of those. <laughs> we have human hot nights. So um, anyway, but they, they like a little something to, to hug up with and to hold on to. And so even women who don't have those assets are going out there injecting themselves with all sorts of stuff. I was watching a video over the weekend. This poor woman who has a son, only child, is putting her life in danger by getting butt injections. And she does not even know what they're injecting her with. She's, oh, I, they told me it was silicone. Come to find out it's like tire, like stuff you put in tires and all sorts of foolishness. I was like, child, please. And that stuff can get in your bloodstream and kill you. Oh, what a mess. 
Um, so Charlene says you got that right, even with already married men and women. Miss hmm. Sue says, I bet he finds one woman somewhere. Uh, the UK women are known for falling for them. Well, not just the UK women. I mean, if y'all have ever watched an episode of 90 Day Fiance, the Americans love them a good African man too. Mm -mm -mm. Um, they tend to be older Caucasian women who might be out of their prime and they think that they can buy love in Nigeria or wherever out of Africa. And it normally doesn't work out because most of those men and women are just looking for a way to get into the U S and that, uh, what is it? A one V visa, whatever green card through marriage. Um, Jonathan says, hook him up with that girl that was dancing in the street. She got came out in papers. Which girl was that? Oh, oh no, Jonathan, you are so wrong for that. Mm-mm-mm. You talking about Lavelle, Lord have mercy. No, sir. <laughs> She's been off the radar for a little bit, but funny enough, Jonathan, someone sent me a screenshot yesterday. She says she's starting up her own newspaper. So stay tuned. They do truck and says, maybe he is a good person, but a Caymanian woman, God help you. DJ Truckin sounds like he's had a situation, an entanglement with a Caymanian woman before. Um, listen, women from all over the world can cannot be easy, and Caymanian women included. But um, you know, I think that if if you can make it work with a Caymanian woman or man, then there are things again that common ground culturally that you probably don't have to explain to people. Uh, that just makes your life easier. I was married to an American. Um, Caucasian, blue eyes, really nice guy, David. Uh, that's where the Catron name came from. And um, I got to tell you, there's certain things that I would do that David just never understood. So when I was like, oh, I need to go get me some green mangoes and some stuff, he's like, what? And I was like, oh, do I really need to explain this? <laughs> so, you know, it's it's so good when you don't have to explain certain things. Like I've never had to explain to Marlon, although he doesn't eat turn mangoes, I've never really had to explain to him um, why I love me a turn mango and why when mango season is here, I'm like in hog heaven, but don't bring me a ripe mango. And I don't want, I don't want all these fancy nam ducks in East Indian. I might listen, I'm a Caymanian, bring me my local mango. I don't want nothing else. Okay. You, you guys can keep all those other variety of mangoes. Um, so yes, I didn't have to explain that to him because he just knows, you know, just like I understand why he eats curry goat. And I don't really eat curry goat, but, you know, he's Jamaican. So I'm like, all right, at least once or twice a year, he's going to have curry goat. KK says, trust me, that's a scammer. Christopher is suggesting he tries MCI. <laughs> is that MCIS? Um, so KK says, wait a minute, nobody in African... Africa can settle down with him. I think he's just looking for a way out. And let's be honest, um, you know, that's the case with a lot of people. They're looking for greener pastures. And Cayman, despite the fact that y'all sit here every day and complain and moan and groan about Cayman, this place is the milk of honey for many people around the world. Steven says, go ahead, set up a CMR dating component. <laughs> Melicia, good morning to you. Jonathan, Says, I want Jeff Bezos' ex-wife. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, you would have hit the money tree right there. Mm -mm. Anthony says, they're always sending out messages. Good morning, Miss Debbie. She says, honey, chill. 
Uh, DJ Truckin says the going rate is now $500 to $700 a month for these arranged marriages in Cayman. I guess inflation must have hit them as well. Um, you know, and their people, you know, yesterday we started talking a little bit about scammers. I'm going to call the young lady here in a second with the mortgage situation. So stay tuned for that. But, um, you know, there are people who take advantage of people, even work permits. That's a whole scammerization that's going on right there. Uh, it's unfortunate, but a lot of people are so desperate to come to Cayman. They pay for their own work permits. And then they turn around and they pay people a monthly fee to be able to stay here. So listen, if you're listening to the program this morning and you are a foreign worker in this country that requires a work permit, please know that it is against the law for you to pay for your own work permit. And anybody who suggests that you do that, number one, probably doesn't have any legitimate work for you to do, which is a problem. And we have that post that went up a couple of days ago. I do want to talk about that a little bit later on in the show where this woman's like, oh, I'm here and I'm looking for work. Well, the truth of the matter is, although I'm very, very sympathetic towards her plight, because all of us need a job and we need to be able to pay our bills and so on. But if you're in the Cayman Islands and you're not a Cayman and you have no employment, you should not be here. I mean, it's as simple as that. And that's not trying to like castigate her or make anybody feel bad. But that is, you know, there, there are rules and laws in this country. And one of the rules as it comes to work permits is the whole reason that someone puts in a work permit for you is they're supposed to have legitimate paid work for you to do that isn't illegal in any way. But a lot of it's happening, folks. I'm telling you, I have seen it with my own two eyes. Um, people take out work permit for individuals. They have no work for them. So they just take out the permit so that they can stay in this country. And then they have to go out there fending for themselves. And not everyone can fend for themselves properly. So the next thing you know, they're turning to stealing from people, a life of crime, you know, all sorts of stuff. And it's horrible to be in another man's country and not have any uh, gainful employment and not be working and so on. This is, it's, it's a problem. And I'm going to show you guys this one here in a little bit. So El Rey says Cayman men have uh, big hearts and are very charitable. <laughs> I don't know about the big heart part. But I know that they're very charitable with um, a lot of girls from other countries. They like I'm young. And as Melita said, with lots of curves. And most of those girls come from an environment where the only asset they have is their body. And you're going to pay for it. So, yes, you're going to have to treat them a certain way. And, uh, you know, why y'all complaining about inflation and the cost of living, a lot of you could be saving on your budget if you had a more, a more frugal woman on your side who knew how to make a meal stretch and who could cook at home and didn't need you taking her out all the time and buying her stuff and in the salon every day, getting nails, hair, nails done, hair done, Botox done, this, that, and the next thing. All those things cost money. Ms. Brenda says it's mostly the Lucy hair and youth, and they're convinced youth can raise the dead. <laughs> Apparently, it's Viagra that's raising the dead, not the not the youth. Miss mm -mm. Debbie says Matrix gets the award for the best comment of the day. What did Matrix say again? I can't even remember. Oh, about some Caymanian women need to raise their standards, standing up for themselves. Yeah. Um, oh, she says Lysi hair, not Lucy. 
Oh, what the heck is Lysi here? Um, El Ray says you gotta get that big bonquet. Mm. We know what he likes. Um, Barbara says a lot of the time it's about control. Commanding women are not easily controlled, as we are very strong. And another point is we know the backgrounds. That is a fair point, Barbara. And I think you're right. Because anybody, it's kind of like, you know, when you said that, what came to my mind? Okay, so here's this African guy. He said he's 36. We don't know anything about him. He might not even be 36. Who knows? Um, But, you know, when you import someone in, you don't necessarily know a whole lot about them. I mean, we hope you take your time and get to know them and their families and, you know, where they're coming from. But you're right about knowing people. And sometimes that's a double-edged sword. So from one Caymanian to the next, People will think they know you because of who you found. Oh, yeah, she come from a crazy family or this and that. But sometimes you've got to get to know people on an individual level. Don't judge them uh, just because of who they're related to or who they're family to. But as Caymanians, we do that sort of thing. And it can work in both directions. So sometimes it is a good thing that you know a little bit about them. So you can be like, oh, no, he comes from an abusive home. I probably don't want to be dealing with that because, you know, he likes to beat women. Like how many of you know someone in the community, right? that, um, you know, you never had any dealings with on a personal level and you probably never would because you already know that they're a woman beater or whatever, or they're love to cheat on women. And, you know, most of us kind of know those things. I remember years ago, um, I was single at the time. There was this key man and I'm not going to tell y'all where he works, but he fancies himself has a nice, good government job. Right. So he was trying to talk to me and he's like, um, emailing me and messaging me and stuff. Oh, you know, I know, I know that you, um, a, a lady like you likes a nice fancy restaurant. I'm like, you know, when people be trying a little bit too hard and I'm like, oh, these people don't even know anything about me. But anyway, um, oh, you know, I, I want to take you to Grand Ole House for a first date. I'm like, oh, wow. Super fancy. <laughs> this is what I'm thinking, right? I'm like, oh yeah, super fancy. Now I didn't really know him. I knew of him because of his government position, right? And so I start to ask my friends, my good friends. I said, Passe, um, I don't call her Passe, but people know it's Passe. I said, Mary, um, you know this guy so and so. She's like, oh my God. First of all, hearing that he's well endowed, okay, that, that piqued your interest a little bit, but he likes to beat women. I'm like, oh Lord Jesus, no, no, no. I don't care how well endowed you are. If you like to beat women, mean you're not gonna make it. Um, and she said, oh yeah, he was married to this Honduran woman and she had to run back to Honduras. And I said, Lord Jehovah, you don't hear every day about somebody from Honduras running from a Caymanian man, uh, running back home. Now, you know, it's gotta be pretty bad if that's the case. So I said to myself, mm, Sandy, don't even take the first date because you know that this is not going to work out well. This is going to be a, a Amber Heard and Johnny Depp type of situation, Right where you're going to meet him with his same level of craziness if he try to put his hands on you. So again, prevention is better than cure. That should be today's show title because you just avoid the madness. So I said, no, honey, child, that's not going to work. But sometimes you don't know, you know, like I briefly, briefly dated this guy. And then he was telling me a story about how him and his ex got into an altercation and he ripped out her toenail during the fight. I was like, what the hell? Caymanians, EastEnders. And I was like, uh, <laughs> oh, my Lord. Y'all Caymanians crazy still. 
So uh, the Zoe says, is the premiere available? No, available for what? <laughs> to date, the premiere is a happily married man. <laughs> um, he has a lovely wife, Miss Jean. I hope that's what, I mean, I kind of hoping that's not what you're talking about, but just, just to clarify, he's not available in that sense. Matrix says, you're right, Cayman is a land of milk and honey for many that come here, but they never admit it. If it wasn't for Cayman, they and their families um, back home would be fighting dog for bone. Good morning, Mr. Amelia. Hello, honey chill. She says, have a blessed day in the Lord. I'm sure she's listened to this conversation because she says, yes, this is true. I've learned that a lady who does this is on the immigration board as well. Oh, takes that work permits for people and don't have no work. Child. It happens a lot. Kimmy, thank you so much. She says, wow, five years. Congrats, Sandy. I know. Party in the house. Um... Aliano is having a good laugh. He says, no, sir, I need some more tea and what? You need tea and woo, sir? Tracy is having a good laugh. She said, oh, no, she cracked her back. Oh, I thought she was laughing. Oh, yes. She said, I got a crack in my back and no bonky and ended up married to Cayman and laughing out loud, just saying. Well, listen, it's, it's easy to generalize. Because, um, yes, not every Caymanian necessarily wants all that cushion in the pushing or what's it called? Cushion in the, you know what I mean? Jim says, with all due respect, what's the difference of this African male looking for Caymanian wife versus all these females from less fortunate countries seeking out Caymanian husbands? Zero difference. That's exactly what I'm saying right now. Like, let's not be too hard on the poor little African guy because every day the, um, the horse and meat trading is actually going on in this country. Uh, Luis says, it's true what you said about the work permits issue, especially happens with the Cuban. Uh, they pay everything from here, from here for them. And when they get here, they charge them up to a thousand dollars a month for as long as they live here. Oh my God, a thousand dollars. That's horrible. And we know a lot of Cubans have been coming here on the boat and they're trying to work illegally. Listen, the government has said you cannot come here and work illegally because it's against the laws. Um, and you can't work if you come into the country legally until you get asylum. So, you know, the government has to support them until either they're deported or they acquire asylum. James is watching from Canada. Good morning, James. Um, <laughs> Jonathan, I do not believe you. Um, Jonathan says that they say if you want a bigger butt, simply rub and massage it with butter and wrap it up with saran wrap overnight. That sounds like the craziest thing I've ever heard. Aquaman345 says Caymanian women are not that easily impressed. And some men are intimidated over that versus a third world country girl uh, who can be easily taken advantage of. And that's just the reality. Now, Aquaman345, I agree with you 100%. I think it is it is easier to impress people as, um, who was it earlier was saying, you know, it, they don't know your background. They don't know who you are, whatever. Um, and you know, you have a house here with four walls and you're impressing some people. They're like, Ooh, you rich poppy. And like a Cayman would be like, yeah, everybody in Cayman has a concrete house. That's not really, you know, it's not a step up for them necessarily. All right, let's move on. Zoe said, no, I was meeting, uh, if you're mine, I met for meetings. Oh, he's not on here, but 
you can simply contact his office for a meeting. So don't forget the premier and a lot of the PAC members have constituency offices. So you can reach out to their respective offices if you need to um, arrange a meeting with him. And he has an office. Him and Heather Bodden share an office that is manned. So when you call, somebody should be answering the phone and they will make appointments for you. So thank you, Ms. Weewee. All right, shall we move on to perhaps a little bit more? You know, this is, I, I know that y'all are saying, thinking in your head, what the hell is Sandy talking about this morning? But I do notice that I've piqued your interest because our numbers just went up to almost 300 people in the live stream. So y'all secretly enjoying the conversation. Y'all like, mm. uh, someone says here on, on WhatsApp, imagine an episode of 90 Day Fiance 345 style. Ooh, honey child. That would be crazy. Um, oh, okay. Well, as it turns out, the lady with the house says she's going to call us tomorrow. Um, so she's saying she's being led by the, the Holy Spirit this morning and it's not the morning to make the call. In the meantime, I'll con continue to prepare my heart and any direction persons can help me. Let me know once you're completed. Okay. So she's not coming on this morning. All right. Well, you know, we go with the flow on this show, so let's keep it moving. Uh, another viewer says African guy. I was going to post a comment. Oh yes. If you have a large schlong, Oh, honey, child, y'all behave. Um, uh -uh. no, sir. Y'all not use it. Okay. Whatever makes your, whatever floats your boat. So someone just sent the contact information for Wayne's community office, 943-7652. You can email community.savnew at gmail.com. And it's right on the sign because, you know, some of y'all be trying to hide that you have a constituency the office. And some of you don't have an office at all. But I'm happy to report that the premier has one with Heather Bodden. And again, uh, let me just show this on the screen. You can contact them at uh, this information. And I think they've set aside like one day a week to meet with their constituents, like outside of like ministerial work and stuff like that. I believe Fridays are his day. So um, Mr. Muley says, really? They're willing to meet? Wow. <laughs> They've always had office hours here in Newlands. In fact, um, the premier um, is has maintained an MP office even when he wasn't an MP. So y'all take that. And he was meeting with people and help and helping people then. So um yeah. The computer's a little bit weird today. Like I keep clicking on stuff and then it's like bling, bling, like nothing's happening. All right. So um last night, folks, was a fantastic show. And I want to go over a couple things in relation to that here in a second. So here's his uh, MP office details. Check it out. Like I said, the sign is up front. Yesterday's news is that uh, DART acquired Cayman Brack Power and Light. Now, y'all will remember. Thank you, Miss Sonia. Um, Steven says, Sandra, Anna got me laughing out loud up in this good government building. What a mess. Dating topic. I know y'all like these topics every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Sonia says, start a dating site. <laughs> Good morning to Larry. How are you? So listen, um, Brack Power and Light announced, uh, Brack Power and Light, Dart, the Dart organization announced yesterday that they had acquired um, Brack Power and Light. Yes. 
Now, this, if you listen to CMR, there should be no strange news because we actually broke the news about this. Um, oh gosh, when was it? Let me see now. Uh, I feel like it's been a couple years already. Yeah, well, January 2021. Okay, over a year ago. So we did a story um, that uh, this acquisition was happening, that Black Power and Light Company Limited um, was going to be inking a deal with the DART organization. Uh-huh. So Black Power and Light has been in operation since it looks like they got a license back in 2003. I don't know if they started before then, but they had an exclusive license to generate, transmit, distribute, and supply electricity to the entire service area of Cayman Brack and Little Cayman. And it was a 15-year license expiring on the 16th of December, 2018. And, you know, I think DART has made some acquisitions, some land acquisitions already in Cayman Brack. And maybe this is a logical move for the DART organization. Now, I've got to tell you all a joke about the DART organization. Somebody messaged me yesterday and they're like, Sandy, um, I heard that DART is buying the prison. Can Can you find out if that one's true? I was like, the prison? That doesn't make any sense. So the DART organization is a pretty big organization. I mean, you know, they got some serious money. Like I said, I wouldn't mind being adopted by them. DART Enterprises, they've got DART Realty, you know, so they, they um, it's a global organization. They own a lot of different things. They've got their own nursery to support their properties. They've got obviously big developments like Kamana Bay. He's got real estate, not just in the Cayman Islands. I know y'all sitting here talking about, oh, he got someone own all the Cayman Islands, DART Island and blah, blah, blah. This man invests in land all over the world. Here is a little snippet that you probably did know. The majority of his land acquisitions are not in the Cayman Islands at all. They're like in New York and in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, y'all be talking about Cayman. Y'all don't know Dart believes in diversifying his portfolio. So he owns land. The Dart family, the Dart organization owns land all over the place. And they develop and they're in real estate and all this sort of thing. So... When we first made this announcement, when this first dropped, and I think how I knew this, right, is I was actually on the BRAC um, and I saw some guys out and about from UMC. Now, you guys know that UMC, and I'm going to tell you another UMC story here in a second. Tell everybody to tune in right now because I've got a little exclusivity story for you guys here in a second. We haven't even hit the publish button on this story yet. Because I was checking something out about the guy, but I'm going to tell you something here shortly. So UMC is like the subcontractors that support CUC. So they do a lot of like, if you see sometimes the guy is out doing stuff with the poles and whatever, that's actually UMC and not CUC. And a lot of the guys who I feel like used to work for CUC now um, work for UMC. Yes? Okay. So... um. I saw the guys out in the back and I'm like, y'all know, CMR, you got to be nosy. That's how you get the news. And I'm like, oh, what are you guys doing here? Because you don't see UMC, the subcontractors for CUC, out in the back that often. Like, it's like, hmm, what's going on here? Inquiring minds want to know. CMR, nosy Caymanians want to know. That's why they call us the mall road, right? So uh, the guys were like, oh, yeah, you know, we're we're doing some asset um 
the word that they use, asset. I don't know, but basically what it means is that they were actually going through and cataloging all of the assets for BRAC, BRAC, Power, and Light. So like we got so many polls, this is the condition of the polls. And I'm like, oh, why would you be concerned about the assets for BRAC, Power, and Light? It's like something else is going on here. So then I started asking some questions and lo and behold, it's because Dart was contemplating purchasing, making this acquisition. So I thought, this is interesting, huh, okay. So at the time we did a story on it, we divulged and everybody was like, oh my God, I don't think Sandy knows what she's talking about because nobody else is saying this, but y'all know we got the inside track. Just like we could tell you last night that those prisoners are misbehaving and setting fire to their uh, facility there at the detention center and threatening to kill security guards. When we mentioned it to the premier, he's like, mm, nobody has sent me that message yet, but Sandy, we know you got the, you got the good sometimes, right? Now, the initial response when we sent her that story, some people are like, oh, thank the Lord. Dart is gonna purchase this, thank you, Jesus, because we might actually finally have a meeting. We might actually get paid dividends. So there are people who have had uh, shares in Black Power and Lights, average little grannies who are now passing it on to their children or whatever, right? A couple hundred shares or whatever. In the past 15 years, they've received no dividends. Now, I want to say this because this goes to the core of another issue, right? We love to hate. What, what, what are we calling ourselves now? Caves, Caymanians against virtually everything, Yeah. And everything that happens, we got to complete. Oh, Dart got owned the Cayman Islands soon. Dart is going to, I mean, we just go on amnesia about stuff that doesn't even make any sense, right? And I think it's so interesting that Caymanians who have owned businesses and operated businesses for years, never given anything back to the community. They don't inject a single dollar to help anybody. Making money off of me, you, and everyone. We're okay with them. So if they come with certain last names, Kernels, the Tibbets, the this one, that one, we're like, oh yeah, they're Caymanians. They can get rich all they want and nobody's not gonna have a word to say about it. We have no expectations of our own merchant class Caymanians to do anything. Now I wanna be very clear. This is a very general comment because there are people, for example, the Foster's group. You can call Woody Foster anytime of the night or day to help some poor person who needs diapers or this and that. And his family and his organization is known for always stepping up and helping. But there are a lot of Caymanians who do nothing but take home the money bag. El Ray says facts. Magdalene says preach it and call them all out. Right? So the expectation that we have for corporations and what we say makes them a good corporate citizen given back to the community, you know, setting up free programs, this, that, the next thing. Apparently, we only have those expectations of foreign entities, what we see as a foreign entity, such as a DART organization. And by the way, y'all do know DART's commanding, right? I'm just saying he's got his piece of paper a little while ago. But even if he didn't have any piece of paper, we still have this attitude that we're going to hold him to a different standard then we hold our own merchant class individuals. And listen, the Caymanian merchant class people have been running the show for a very long time. At one point in time, they were the only ones who could even get involved in politics. 
You think in the 50s and 60s, go go in the legislative assembly. Look at the wall of who, who's been the members over the years. And you can see a very close connection in the early years to you being a merchant class Caymanian and actually being a politician. That's how you got there. And it's so ironic because the people who were voting you in were a lot of the poor Caymanians that you weren't doing anything for and you weren't helping. But as part of our historical mentality, part of our slave person mentality, you know, these people run the show, so we just go with the flow. Back in the day, you would never get um, a McKeever Bush being able to get into politics, a Kenneth Bryan. None of that happened. Somebody just confirmed. They're like, yes, honey child. They listened to me and they said, yep, January 2021 was when you were in the BRAC. And that's why I wrote that story. I remember being in the BRAC. And I remember seeing these guys out in the trucks. I'm like, hmm. So that's how it came to my attention that Dart was looking to make this acquisition. Now, I thought it was interesting that, you know, the brackers themselves were like, oh, we might actually get some decent business with, you know, brack power and light. Like they might actually run it like a proper business. And I had to chuckle and laugh to myself. I was like, Lord Jehovah. Now, those of you who don't live in the BRAC and you don't know anything about BRAC Power and Light and who owns it and whatever, you're sitting here going, oh, Dart trying to buy everything. Well, from his perspective, making certain business acquisitions makes sense. Now, here's something I'm going to throw out there for you guys to contemplate, right? So they finally inked the deal yesterday. I think it's just subject to off-reg approval, which is probably just, you know, they'll go through that process. That probably shouldn't be an issue. Um, Dart has the resources to invest in alternative energy. You think that Brack Power and Light, otherwise owned by Caymanians, would have ever been doing anything like this? Let me read you a comment that someone said sent to me yesterday about this acquisition. And the second I sent it out my WhatsApp news group, the majority of people are like, oh, thank the Lord, right? So someone said they were sending me um, the share pricing and they say, take a guess at the families who own preference shares. So the ordinary shares go for $10.95 and the preference shares are $100. So they say, take a guess at the families who own preference shares and have been receiving dividends every year when ordinary shareholders haven't received anything in 15 years. Not even a single AGM. And folks, these are your own Caymanians. I want y'all to listen to me this morning. Stop castigating someone just because they are a foreign person or a foreign national. I mean, we were just making fun of a poor little African guy. But let us be very, very clear. Sometimes your worst enemy are your own people, even your own family. They don't mean you no good. They're trying to make a quick buck on the backsides of the Cayman Brat people. Ordinary shareholders haven't received anything in 15 years. So, I mean, I'd be curious as to why they're even holding on to those shares. Well, now it might change. I don't know. Now that Dart's there, he's probably going to run things by the book. Not even a single AGM in 15 years. And y'all have the audacity to complain about the Dart organization. I mean, listen. If you're going to complain about something, let's make sure we get the facts straight. And we complain about something that actually makes some sense. 
They still make no sense. So they said not even a single, and they say, um, you know, guess who's who has all the preference shares? The Kirkernels and the Tibbets. Then a smaller group of the Ryans. Well, I don't even know who the hell the Ryans are, but I guess they're in the brack. Then they start complaining about the general manager and how that person needs to be removed. Ooh, that one's a little bit too hot. But if you're in the brack, you're not going to not understand what I'm saying this morning. You fully understand. Mm-mm-mm. Someone says, how do you go from being a school teacher, a primary school teacher from the classroom to being a general manager of a major utility company? Shall only came up back. Mm. They said a lot of shady things go on in the Brack Sandy. Some of the same things that you be talking about, about young girls in the youth group at church and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. Another person said, um, Yes, honey child, that story coming soon. Hold on now. So another person said, um, you see now. Oh God, who was that one? Trying to be getting so many messages. I'm trying to remember who sent what. Now, hold on a second. I got to be careful because sometimes I'm thinking in my head who the person is, but I don't mean to say it out loud. And I've accidentally read memes for WhatsApp comments. Normally when somebody messages me via WhatsApp, they want to remain anonymous. Yes. So there was another comment. Hold on. Let me see if I can quickly find it. Um, so this person was saying that, you know, basically their mom handed down shares to them. But the same thing, they're like, we haven't received any dividends at all in over 15 years. I was like, what? Yes, that's the slackness that has been going on at Brock Power and Light. The rich getting richer. Listen, everybody understands why the rich can get richer because they're in a financial position. They're they're a little bit ahead of everybody else. But if we want to claim that we want to hold organizations to a certain standard, let's make sure that we're doing it for all organizations, not just picking and choosing who we're going to be um, hating on. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the deal went down yesterday. Good morning to Miss Maria. She says she's watching. Uh, Shannon says, hate to say it, but the expat of this island are sometimes given more than Caymanians. And I want to be very, very clear, Shannon. A lot of people are like, oh, they're giving more because they're looking for status. That's not the case. In the coming weeks, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit more about the DART organization. Because they do a lot of things very, very silently. And you know what I say? The deputy governor came on the show and he said, Sandy, no more silent victories. When we do something good, we need to shout it from the mountaintops. And I'm like, uh, sometimes you're the only person who's singing your own praises, honey child. And you need to let people know. Because otherwise you acquire this reputation of, oh, they're just using the Cayman Islands. He's just taken, he's just taken. But you all don't even know what the organization does. When they take $5.5 million and put in R3, which then supports Feeder Future, Meals on Wheels, um, ARC Cayman and all this kind of stuff, y'all talking about, oh, ARC Cayman does such a wonderful job. Yes, they do. 
but they wouldn't be able to do it without the financial backing and support of individuals who are holding that money bag like the DART organization. So let us always speak from an informed and factual position when we can, because a lot of us have misconceived ideas about individuals as well as organizations. So this is what I found in my phone. So this is what this person says as soon as that story went out. It went out at 136. They responded at 155 and says, these guys are vultures. Um, they said, I admire what DART has done. Many good things, to be honest. Uh, we're, we have not had any dividends in 15 to 16 years. My mom has 160 shares passed down to us and shares are valued at 10.95 each only. In 1995, they're around $30. I'm supportive of DART, to be honest. Many good things. Um, and then they say, um, Kernels, Bodens, Tibbets being primary holders previously. And I said, well, a lot of Caymanian names in there who did jack for the people that came in Ireland. And they said, I'm hoping to keep my shares. And they said, yes, uh, who help themselves stay rich and keep the rest of us poor. Another person, let me find this young lady's message. I tell you, I was getting a lot of messages yesterday. Um, let me try to remember who that, oh yes. She's a Caymanian that actually works for the DART organization. And she said, in relation to this, she says, oh boy, here comes all the negative comments. I hate when we publish stuff because people are so stupid. And I said, oh God, poor them. She says, trust me, you don't know how bad it is. I just shut people down when they start because it's crazy. I replied and said, yes, I know. And, and most are so misinformed. And she said, facts. Like the majority of our operational staff are Caymanians and have been here for 10 plus years. And she put in brackets, born Caymanians. So I said, that's good. Um, and I say, you know, I, I try to be a balanced person. I'm not here to hate on any nationality, any organization, because in all of these things, you will find good and bad. There's a mixture. And sometimes you have to look for a situation where it's more good than the bad. Now, does the DART organization, like probably most organizations in Cayman, have people at the high, high end who they could be maybe promoting Caymanians more and whatever? Perhaps. But I also know that they have a lot of Caymanians in management positions that they give opportunity to get their education, to do their training. I know a lot of the guys, for example, in IT, because my husband happens to work in that field and he, he's friends with a lot of those guys. And I know the opportunities that those guys are getting, training opportunities, upward mobility opportunities. And I'm, I'm here for that. You know, we want to cuss and carry on about CUC. CUC has traditionally been one of those organizations that have been primarily Caymanians in terms of their staffing. And they put them on training courses. They put them, you know, on a path of a management course so they can move up in the organization. And I've always applauded uh, CUC for those efforts because I can tell you straight up, I've spoken to some of these CUC guys over the years. And when they first started out with CUC as like journeymen or linemen or whatever, they're not the sharpest tool in the shed. But I see, you see, I see CUC working with them over the years and they get to improve. So when they write something on WhatsApp, I'd be like, Char, you can't even spell. But CUC 
is still working with you. You still got a good job. And that job allows you to support your Caymanian family, your parents, your grandparents, your, your girlfriend from Honduras and the wife and the two children. So you can pretend and drive around in your little cars and impress somebody. That's fine. But they're able to do that because they have jobs with organizations that are supportive of hiring and giving Caymanians an opportunity. Now, the times that they don't do it, you know, I got to open my mouth too. So, you know, like when Flo, not really promoting Caymanians, I'm like, all right, I'm riding with Flo. I love their super fast internet. They gone up to one giga. I love it. But I have to ask the question, why is it that um, Danny Tatum can only get so far? You've created a ceiling over at, at Flow, made of must be fiber optics or something because he can't go no higher than that. And it's not that Danny, and I've been there forever. Listen, if you're trying to say that maybe Danny needs, I don't know, what they claim in the man's missing, I don't really know. Send the man on a training course. That's what all these executive training courses are for. But when it comes to the technical knowledge and understanding of a lot of the business elements of flow, they really can't touch Danny with a pretty face and, and eyelashes. Come on now. Step up. Miss Sonia says, Sandy, you're nailing it. Talk to things then. Uh, throw your corn. You call, you no call, no foul, I think is what that was supposed to say. Yes. Miss Olive says, amen, Sandy. Hallelujah. Preach it, sister. Maybe we need that hallelujah button. Praise the Lord. Uh, Magdalene says, right, white brackers. He's a Tibbets and so is his family. So listen, we know that I'm Cayman Brack. Cayman Brack is a little bit of an anomaly. And I hear people in the Brack all the time talking about life in the Brack, the Brackers who live there. And you know, Cayman Brack is still about in a lot of respects, probably 25 years behind a lot of us and how they think and the norms and, you know, they're a little bit different. So yes, you're probably more likely to experience a racist situation in the Brack than you would. And I mean, when I say racist, I'm talking about from your own Caymanians now. Don't, 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 don't mix it up. These are not foreign nationals that I'm talking about. Your own Caymanians. You're more likely to experience it there. So we've heard the stories where you go to someone's yard in the Brack and you're like, oh, can I have a glass of water? And they're like, mm-hmm. They can give you the plastic cup so they can throw it out after you're finished because you're a little bit too dark for them. Um, Cayman Brackers love people from Texas. So they, they will, you know, we were talking earlier and I was being a little bit tongue in cheek, but all these things are very serious conversations. How a lot of Caymanians now have a preference for, for Spanish women. Well, a lot of the Brackers aren't necessarily, some of them doing it, but a lot of them aren't necessarily there quite yet. They're like, no, we still need to bring somebody in from Texas with that attitude and that certain twang in their voice, you know? And they'd be like, oh, you're a nice little black girl, you know? I like you. And I'm like, what the fuck? What did you just say to me? <laughs> this was just a couple of years ago in the brag. And I was like, what did you just say? <laughs> what, what century are you living in? Oh, yes, I'm a Trump supporter. And I'm like, of course you are. <laughs> Uh, that would not have surprised me one bit. And Cayman Brackers love 
those individuals for wives. Not so much the women, but definitely the men. They're, they're a little bit country, but in the wrong kind of way. Because country can be good. Magdalene says CUC pays their dividends quarterly, just saying, yes, child. That's what I'm telling you. I mean, I know y'all love to hate on CUC. But I am not a CUC hater. I'm like, give them a fair chance. And if there's something they can do, you know, speak of CUC. So yesterday I was, um, let me read your comments because I do want to get into this about the, the opposition leader. Child, that man had me scratching my head last night. Jonathan says the kings will be thy nursing fathers. Thy queens will be thy nursing mothers. These islands have five kings and they control everything here. The Kirks, the Fosters, Thompson's shipping, Dart, Sariba. You better learn how to spell Sariba because that ain't it. <laughs> They're the puppeteers and they control everything. The politicians are the puppets. Uh, Aliano says, call them out. They sold the islands out like a cheap prostitute for peanut money. Now pointing fingers and rolling up the poor people to fight, uh, railing up the poor people to fight while they run off with the pot. Damaris, good morning. Joining us from sunny Florida. Anthony's here. And says, yet we keep voting these people into office who do jack for the people who voted them in. Hmm. Sonia says, you can't blame the buyer. And this is the thing that has always perplexed me about people, right? When an acquisition happens, y'all act as though Dart has gone and stolen something from somebody. The man actually normally pays fair value, if not above value. Now, let me tell y'all a little story. So there's a woman from West Bay. I am not going to call any names because I don't want to embarrass these people because they want to pretend like they're advocates in the community and they're all out there trying to fight for rights and this and that, right? Mm -hmm. So um, she's in one of those groups fighting for, you know, everything, beach access, this, that, whatever. Always got the most to say about the Dart organization. So one day I'm at lunch with these people and I hear her talking about, um, oh, you know, they have all this family land and, and this certain part of West Bay, blah, blah, blah. She's wondering if the DART organization would like to buy it. Honey, child, I almost fell out of my freaking chair. I was like, what the hell did you just say? You're not a same person who always in a public forum trying to cuss this man about DART Island, how he can buy half the island. But now that you have something that you want to sell, okay, the only person that you can think of that would buy it because you probably got it so friggin' overpriced is the DART organization. You all see how duplicitous and stupid people really are? Now, y'all have to forgive me when I use the term stupid because I'm really not trying to insult people, but I'm just speaking the truth because some of y'all have no damn sense. Yes, I had to scratch my head, but this is the problem, right? People want to be critical and criticize this and that. Oh, but when it's their turn, all of a sudden they flip the switch, the script, everything is different. And talk about her and her family are going to approach um, Dart to purchase this property, how many acreage they have. I was like, you need to be slapped upside your head. No principles. At least if you're not a principled person, this is what I say, right? I understand money makes the world go round. We all need it to live. I need it just as much as anybody else. But I'm not going to sit here and lie and put on this facade about being overly concerned 
about right of ways and access points and, oh, we're here fighting for the people. Black power, K-man power. And the first opportunity you get to sell five, 10 little acres of land, who you calling? Bring, bring. Um, uh, Uncle Dart, it's me from West Bay. I got some land, you know. You won't buy it from my family? Because we, we, we trying to get a $15 million fit overpriced. Dart doesn't have a gun in anybody's head. If you don't want to sell your business to him, you don't have to sell it. But one thing I must say, and I brought this up the other day when y'all were cussing going on about um, the development in down Beach Bay. And I said, you know, again, the cave community, cussing Karen on about everything. I distinctly remember when y'all were cussing going on about Kimanabe. Meanwhile, you didn't even know that the DART organization had this 45-year master plan. And they had acquired from, from this end of the shore to this end, the sound, everything. And they were making more acquisitions. A lot of it is unused. From what I understand, they might have, oh God, how many acres? I should know this. I've got it in my notes. You know, I'm always listening and taking notes. So I think they might have like 700 acres. And only, only something like maybe 10 or 20% of that has actually been used in that West Bay quadrant in that area. And so they have, um, what, one of these days I'm going to dig into this a little bit diff- more because I do need my little notepad to remember all the details, right? And so they put in these applications because they have to get like individual planning, like individual buildings approved. But there's part of this overall pad, there's a whole plan, a long-term plan. And I have always said from day one, have your opinion about the DART organization, say what you will. But when they do something, they do it to a certain standard. Hmm? Okay. When they acquire business like Blackbeard's Liquor, you see what happens with Blackbeard's Liquor? All of a sudden, they get a little makeover. They're going to start paying staff pension and health insurance. Was it being done before? Well, they've had some issues over the years where it wasn't being done. Because again, Caymanian-owned families were handling their business poorly. Okay? You don't hear Caymanian complaining that Dart not paying their pension or health insurance or that they're not getting their salary. Hmm? They're going to fix up the stores. They're going to fix up the bakery. Doing things to a professional standard. So the people in Cayman Brack... Even the workers at Black Power and Light, I can tell you, have welcomed this change. They're like, oh, we might now start to have proper office hours <laughs> when, you know, we're open from this hour to this hour and you can actually find somebody there to pay your bill. I'm just saying. Carolyn says, morning. I see someone said that Cayman is milk and honey for a lot of people. And I can say for myself, I'm so grateful for and to be here. And I'm thankful and happy to say God bless this island. Thank you, um, Carolyn Lewis. Big shout out to you. Because a lot of people have been able to come to Cayman and achieve things that would have been either impossible for a variety of reasons in their own country. And they can come to Cayman and they can get it done. Not saying that they're not working hard and all this other stuff. But even in their own country, if they're working hard, they're one of like 50 million people. 
<laughs> so the chances of them standing out amongst the crowd and being a success story is slim to none. And I don't want us to become haters where we don't want to welcome people because that's really not who we are. But I think we need to be fair in our assessment of situations and individuals. So Remy is here this morning. Remy, I love the new logo, by the way. Very, very fancy. He says, fiery talk matches that fiery dress. You go, Sandy. It's actually a top, but you know what? It would make a cute dress now that you're saying that. Very different pattern this morning. Thank you, Remy, Chef Remy. Um, El Ray says, cha, you can't even spell. <laughs> Anthony says, talk the things, CMR. Sound them effects. Anthony loves the effects. So listen, in the next couple of weeks, um, I'm going to have a new soundboard. I'm upgrading the soundboard and I'm going to have new sound effects. But yes, I love the sound effects. Here's one. All right, Miss Brenda says, don't even get me started with flow. Oh, Lord. El Rey. Uh, oh, she said she had to switch her internet provider. Danny's Caymanian, so he's automatically ruled out for upward consideration. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, as Brenda says, CUC is the best utility company on this island. And uh, as far as the services provided, listen, not just on this island, because some will argue, well, they're the only utility on the island. But um, around the Caribbean, around the world, they're ranked in the top like service, providing reliable, stable service. You know, there's some countries in the world, you have these blackouts every single day, three, four hours a day, the power gone, you can't get no work done. I used to work with, um, well, I was trying to work with him. This came out and guy who was in Honduras and every night he's like, oh, the power's out again. I'm like, what kind of jacked up city you living in? What? Sonia says Cayman should organize a group of Caymanians to get together and invest and start buying and investing. Let's unite and wash each other's back. The Filipinos are doing it. A group of them get together investing and buying up apartment buildings here. Apartment buildings are an apartment. Hmm. Haven't heard that one before, but good for them. One thing I love about Filipinos in particular is they are really about community. They do. I have sat down a couple of weeks ago. They had me on their show, um, Dion and those guys. And, uh, you know, one of their evening show and they broke out the, the, the food. Miss Sandy, sit down. This is how we are as a community. We share. They brought out the rice. One person brought one dish. Next person brought another little dish. And we sat down and we broke bread and had a little piece of chicken leg. And that's how they help each other. Very seldom do you see Caymanians willing to do that. And we do need, uh, Sonia, more of that type of approach. Uh, Suzette says, Sandra, I'm so glad that you never fell off your chair. And yes, that female from Westbury are always hating uh, until they need a, until until they have a need, hashtag dark, my belly. Well, you know why I didn't fall off the chair? Because I'm not sitting down. <laughs> Every morning I'm standing up 99% of the times. Um, I actually have my little mat underneath my feet because standing on concrete for like two and a half hours in the morning isn't easy on the feet. So I do stand on a, um, what do they call these, tension mat. Oh, Ms. Brenda says poaching is a hell of a thing. Yes, Anthony, your hand is in the house. El Fuego had a birthday this weekend. 
So everybody say happy birthday to Johan. He actually celebrated, this is quite interesting, but he celebrated his birthday on Father's Day. Happy birthday, Johan. Um, how old are you now? You're going to be, uh-oh. It doesn't want to stop. Johan, you broke my button. What the hell? <laughs> I think I just got to let it ring, run out. There we go. Jeez, I'm just trying to stop it. It wouldn't stop. Uh, Johan says any business or real estate can only be sold if the seller wants it. Uh, it's a free market economy and no one can dictate who the opportunity is sold to. Most people want best price, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And he says, Dart or any other company can buy what's available. Plus, Dart is a Cayman-based company. So what is the problem? And I must say, again, when people tell me, oh, Dart buying up everything, let me be very clear. The acquisitions and the things that Dart buys, it's not like tomorrow he can say, oh, crime has gotten bad in Cayman. All of y'all have lost your damn mind. We're going to leave the jurisdiction. He's making investments in this country that he can't pick up and leave. Can he pick up Cayman Bay? All 700 acres? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can he pick up the cinema? You know, he has invested in a way that is, it, it demonstrates, I am here through the thick and the thin, and I'm here to stay. And, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So Jonathan says CUC service is outstanding. It's the pricing that's the problem. Well, let me talk about that. That, that segues quite nicely, Jonathan. They soon say that you might co-host on the program. That segues quite nicely into what I want to talk about. So yesterday on another news platform, we shall not name them, Ovadeso, they did an article on how the opposition leader um, said that the government should consider suspending the duty on fuel. Now, I don't know where the opposition leader been staying because I have to wonder if it's in the Cayman Islands because we had, me and you and half a Cayman, had this conversation over a week ago. So I'm thinking to myself, has this man been asleep at the wheel or what? I wouldn't entirely be surprised. We went over and I had my notes here. I don't even know where my notebook is now. Somewhere about the place. My husband keeps saying that I have too many notebooks. He makes fun of me. I have a calendar, one, one book for my bookings and the show, another one for my financial note taking. Like I got to try to remember which bills to pay and who to email and whatever. And then I've got another one that's like keeping me on track um, with all of my to-do lists. So he says, you just love to buy notebooks. Stop buying them. All right. So I got one that has certain kind of notes in it for like show notes and stuff, right? But we talked about, we broke down um, a list of the reasons why after last week, the premier made this announcement about the CUC relief program, right? Everybody's like, oh, why doesn't he lift the fuel, blah, blah, blah. So here comes the leader of the opposition, a day late and a dollar short. And he has like this epiphany of, oh, they should suspend fuel. I'm like, with all due respect 
Um, what's his name again? He's a Tibbets. Uh, is it Tibbets? Leader of the opposition. What the hell is his name? My apologies. I'm having Mike Tiger. Sorry, not a Tibbets. Oh my goodness, Mike Tiger. So, Roy, leader of the opposition, Mr. Roy McTaggart, says he is calling for complete suspension of fuel import duty. Where, where is my wham, wham, wham button? You know, the smallest violin in the world over there trying to chime in. We have discussed why this, in theory, might sound like a good idea. But our leaders, such as Mr. McTaggart, who's been in a leadership position himself, oh, now he's leader of the opposition. That's like being leader of, we ain't got nothing else to do. They're, they're, the, they're the, the top of the cave list. Cave list. Just complaining about everything, but not bringing any sensible solutions to the people of this country. So apparently he had some sort of a, it says a media briefing. Well, we didn't hear nothing about that. I guess they didn't invite us for them. Invite us, Mr. McTaggart, because we would ask you what the hell you're talking about. Because what you're saying now don't make no sense. So I guess this other newspaper, they must have been the only ones that attended because I never heard anything about this media briefing on Tuesday. He says the government should take the bold step and suspend the 75 cents per gallon import duty and motor gasoline fuel to reduce rising fuel prices. Mm -mm -mm. Bold, he says. Well, I was looking at some of the comments and I'm really, really surprised they only had 52 comments as of this morning about how um, people are so misinformed. So I hear people saying, yeah, because see, you see, um, making all this money off of fuel. And I'm like, how many times does CUC have to say it? And I have said it here and other people have said it. CUC does not mark up fuel. It is a pass through. So whenever they pay for it, you paying for it. They are not making a dime, a nickel, a penny, a peso on fuel. Okay? So when you want to have these bold statements to make, please make sure that they are accurate. So you see, is it making money on fuel? So when you know that, and then you see, I got to pull out my CUC bill here now. When you see that the majority of your CUC bill is actually the fuel factor. Let me see if I can find my last one, child, without giving myself heart palpitations. All right, let me see here now. CUC bill. Uh-huh. All right. So this is the one now. Um, what's the billing cycle on this one? This one dated June the 4th. All right, that's the last one. I had facilities charge, energy charge, core credit, because you guys know I have my little solar panels trying to clickety-clack, government fuel duty. Now, I'm going to show you all my fuel bill. I don't want you in my business too much. As a matter of fact, let me screenshot this portion of it, because y'all would be like, oh, look at Sandy. Um, I don't want y'all knowing where, my, where I live, not, my, not your business. Don't be visiting me now because I don't like people coming in my house. That's my personal space. I'm going to show you the summary from my CUC bill. Yes. So that we can 
See this for yourselves. You don't have to believe anything I'm telling you. I want y'all to see it. Because it really gets under my skin when the leader of the opposition makes a bold statement, like he not got no sense over there in the corner. And then y'all jump on the bandwagon. Oh, Mr. Leader of the Opposition, you're so smart. Thank you so much. Meanwhile, for the past 12 years, the Leader of the Opposition has been part of a government that has not been doing jack shit for y'all. Let's be very honest. So they were in power and they had the opportunity to do a lot of stuff. Why wasn't it done? But now they got all kind of mout to be running all over the place. Here you know, here's my CUC bill. So last bill was $433.63. Look here, it gone up by over $200. Mm-mm-mm. So you see the facilities charge. You see the energy charge per kilowatt. You see the core credit. So that $388.44. Thank you, Jesus, for my solar panels. Because that's a savings for me. Otherwise, my bill would have been what you see at the bottom plus the $388. Now look here. Government fuel duty is $47.97. So that is what Mr. McTaggart is suggesting that government does away with. So in my case, and I'm actually considered a high-end user because you see my kilowatt usage is over 3500 most households that are going to benefit, that's why they only go up from 101 up to 2,000 because that's the average household, right? Okay, I'm happy to admit that we're not exactly the average household. Square footage, more than enough. Uh, we have three AC units, actually four, because we have a special server room. That one runs 24-7. Servers have to be kept at a certain temperature. So that has to be monitored, all kind of stuff. But, you know, I work from home. So for me, part of this expense, this just isn't consumer. Some of this is like business expense because I'm working from home. I'm doing the show right now. I'm using my internet. I'm using, you know, that's to make the business run. So unlike most people, I'm not using, or maybe some people, I shouldn't say most people, but I'm not using this and then going to nine to five job. A lot of times I'm here during that nine to five, using up the AC and so on, right? For $7.97 for someone who's using 3,500 kilowatt. That not no money. So what he is suggesting makes zero cents. Not cents as in money cents, but it don't make money sense either. For most of you, your fuel charge, pull out your CUC bill right now. It's probably about $16 to $17. So Mr. Roy McTaggart thinks that much of you that you should only be saving $16 to $17. That is the benefit that you would get for an suspension of the import duty. And again, that's a pass through. The fuel charge, $541.47. That is a pass-through charge. So think about it. Minus this, the, um, where are my mathematicians at? Let me open up my calculator here now. The bill is 676.56 minus 
0.47. So if I didn't have the fuel charge, none at all, say miraculously we lived in a world that was all, I don't know, sun and fun and no fuel, no fuel meant that my bill would be $135 for that same usage. The fuel cost is the vast majority of my bill. Understand? It's not the government fuel duty. It's not even my usage from CUZ, which is being offset by the credit that I have. The energy charge per kilowatt amounted to $423.99, but look at the fuel, $541.47. CUC makes no money on fuel. Please, people, stop being misinformed. Now, you might like Mr. McTaggart if you're a progressive supporter. Hear what one person said, good call, Roy, it will help. Help who? This is poor Sean Ebanks from West Bay. Help who? The government is looking to help you in a meaningful way. This is where you must listen. Aunt Lottie always said, Sandy, common sense, not so common. But you must learn to pick sense from nonsense. This suggestion is nonsense. It has no meaningful reflection in the dollar signs. And on top of that, the incentive to encourage people like CUC and others to really start to look at renewable energy, if you remove the duty, all of that incentive to kind of push them in that direction goes away. There's so many reasons why you're suspending. This makes no sense. So that's not a whole lot per person, but collectively it adds up for government. I don't know how much government gets per month. We can put this out, FOI, ask somebody who would know from the fuel charge. But let me ask the progressives since they always want to be giving people something for free. And then when the other side start giving people for free, they start to complain that, oh, how are they going to pay for it? Well, I'm going to ask you, leader of the opposition, say government took you up on your not so brilliant idea and they dropped the fuel charge. That little bit of revenue that's coming into the government coffers that helps with other things, where are you going to be replacing that revenue? How are you going to replace it? Where is that revenue source coming from? Because, listen, this is simple math 101. Now, I'm no economist and no mathematician, but if you have money coming in from one stream, one stream of revenue, government fuel, and you suspend that, what is going to replace it? Who's going to pick up the slack? Would you be willing to pay more, Mr. McTaggart, because you fall into higher, you know, income category? Let me show you how the opposition talks a whole bunch of nonsense. And that's why I can't take them a lot of times. And it's nothing personal, you know, because I like Mr. McTaggart. I think he's a friendly guy and whatever, but his politics, his economics, don't make no sense. Let me show y'all something now. Hold on. So y'all know that the progressives government was the one who increased their own salary, who gave themselves a three-month severance package when they don't, 
when they run for politics and either don't get in or even when they decide not to run again. These are the people who now tell me we should come and suspend fuel duty. Why you didn't suspend that pay raise to your own damn selves when you implemented that? That's what you should be suspending. Stop looking at ways to line your own money and, and waste the people's money. And you people, every single one of you who fell for this magician's trick, need to wake up and listen to the facts. A Gazette notice was published, is what someone sent me last night, thanks to all of the wonderful people who'd be like, Sandy, have a look at this. Have it make sense, Jesus. A Gazette notice was published during the PPM time raising salaries for grades A to D, which are judges and chief officers. Hmm? Stick a pin. This government is doing a cost of living adjustment on a one-off or two-off, I think over three months, honorarium payment. And they are doing it for the lower scales. Not judges and chief officers who are ready, some of them making all $9,000, $12,000 a month. The progressive government is duplicitous. Now that's a fancy word, means that they're a friggin' Spanish machete in case you don't know. They will cut you on both sides. Speaking of them and their backwards mathematics and economy, economic strategy, this would be the same organization that we reported on back in April of 2021. Bless his little heart, because I, I, I do like Mr. Um, Roy Tatum. He was the right-hand man there next to Alden, senior political advisor. He received a 40% salary increase since getting the job back in 2013. Meanwhile, the average Caymanian in the civil service wasn't getting nothing, no increases. Gross monthly salary of $12,619.48. $12,000 a month is on par with elected ministers. This is a government who, or former government, because you know they're salty that they're in the opposition, who wants you to believe that they are fiscally responsible and that they care about the average person on the street? Do they really? You give a, a gas, um, suspend the fuel duty, that benefits people making over $12,000 a month, just like it benefits you making $1,200 a month. This government has said that makes no sense. Sometimes the burden has to be carried by those who are making more. So if you can afford to pay your CUC bill, the intention of this program is not to benefit you. I ain't got no qualms with that. Help the people who need the help the most. Backward economics. Okay. So they were giving him over $10,000 a month. And then they turn around and give him a hardship supplement. All now for the world of me, I cannot understand why the hell someone making $10,000 plus a month as a civil servant would even be eligible for hardship supplement. What the hell does the word hardship mean to the progressives? Well, clearly it means something else because it don't mean what I think of hardship. And these are the same people now 
who are coming to you, but they know how to fix the economy? Well, I'll tell you what. Y'all don't take my word for it. Let us listen to what the good minister himself said about it, right? Oh, by the way, let me finish this about the salary. So no salary raise at the time by the progressives was given to the lower salary grades, E through R. Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go now. Um, hold on. I'm bringing this to you live and direct. Um, let me see. Kevin, I think you sent this to me this morning. Let me just pull this video. All right. So we have the third meeting of the 2021 uh, House of Parliament, June the 9th. Let me see now. I got to hit. Oh, I want to hit. Uh, let me copy this little clip. So hold on. This is Mr. McTaggart addressing the economy of the day. So now he is happy to jump up and say, oh, um, the government must fix this. They must do this. They must do that. Mm -hmm. We need solutions. We need the PAC government to tell us what they intend to do. How they intend to fix the problem. Yes, Mr. McTaggart, and it wasn't that long ago that you guys were in there for 12 years and we were wondering how you were gonna fix the problem. And at the time, this is what they had to say about how they were gonna fix the problem. So give me one second, let me upload it. Speaker, what really brought this to a head to me, for me, was the release yesterday of the ESO's Consumer Price Index Report, January to March 2022, and the Premier's remarks made yesterday also at the RF Economic Outlook Conference. Mr. Speaker, the ESO reported that the Consumer Price Index increased by 11.2% in the first quarter of 2022 when compared to the same period in 2021. And for the first time that I can recall, every division in the CPI basket showed increases in, the, in average prices. Mr. Speaker, I think it bears repeating, because my colleague did mention it in his contribution to in, in the private member's motion that we just debated, but it also bears repeating, and I will read them briefly here, the increases Housing and utilities, the division has shown a 20.1% increase as the cost of electricity had a 35% increase. Transportation, index for this division has increased by 15.7%. Clothing and footwear, the division showed an 8% increase as the cost of footwear and clothing purchased abroad rose by 28% and 3.8% respectively. Furnishings and household equipment and routine household maintenance, 7.2% increase in the division's index traced mainly to household textiles, showing a 34.1% increase. Food and non-alcoholic beverages, the division showed a 4.9% increase in the average prices of meat and products and fruit rose by 13.8% and 11.9%. 
Restaurants and hotels, the index for this division recorded a 4.3% increase. Communication showed a 3.7% increase as the cost of telephone and telefax services rose by 5%. Miscellaneous goods and services up by 2.1%. Alcohol and beverages up by 2.1%. Recreation and culture up by 2%. Education up by 1.2% and health, an overall increase of 0.2%, being the lowest uh, division in the basket to, uh, to show increases. But Mr. Speaker, all of them showing, with that one exception, showing fairly substantial increases. And Mr. Speaker, economists are telling us that inflation is not going away anytime soon. While predictions vary, it seems clear that it is unlikely that there will be any meaningful relief before the end of 2022, and possibly well into 2023. Warning bells that the U.S. economy is likely to go into recession next year are ringing louder and louder and becoming more frequent. And stagflation, first time I'm hearing this in many decades, which is high inflation with low or no growth, is a growing concern. And that is a disaster for any economy. Mr. Speaker, all these things are having a very serious impact on Caymanians, who have found out very quickly that their hard-earned dollars simply do not buy what they could last year and they are struggling to cope with the reduced purchasing power of their dollars, of their dollars. Higher prices for groceries, utilities, housing, transportation, and clothing, all things that we consider essential to our well-being in Cayman are the areas where the ESO report indicates the highest inflationary impacts. Our people are in a crisis. Some of those, Mr. Speaker, who are hit the hardest by rising prices of essential items are our pensioners on fixed incomes with little to no ability to earn additional income and are therefore largely affected by the reduction in the purchasing power of their dollar. They are hurting especially hard and many are already starting and having to make decisions about whether to buy necessary medicines or the same types and quantities of food that they are accustomed to. Mr. Speaker, throughout these challenges, we have yet to hear from the government on what their thinking is, let alone what their plans are. Okay, I think that was the right one. So at 143.10, um, he says, I don't think this is actually the clip that I was looking for, but anyway, he says what really brought this to head for me was the release of the ESO's Consumer Price Index report from January to March of 2020. Oh no, hold on a second. Right, so essentially what, what we have, um, hold on one second. I thought this was a clip. I think I might have pulled up the wrong clip. So there, there is a clip. I might have to 
go through it again because I'd ask Kevin to kind of pull this clip for me, but this wasn't really addressing the point that I wanted to pull out, which is where the previous um, finance minister has himself admitted that the factors that are impacting us and driving inflation are, are outside of our control, largely. So when he makes a comment as like that, why is he then trying to make it sound? Politics is why. I'm going to give you the answer. This is going to be an easy quiz. Like this government can do anything about inflation. He himself has mentioned, has said in the records, what can we do is being driven by outside forces. Okay, man can't control the world economy. Inflation is impacting not just the US, not just Europe, Africa, all over the world. And it's going to impact us right here in this jurisdiction as well. And the things that we can do, we start a lot of it with personal accountability. Mr. McTaggart isn't going to have that conversation with you all. He's not going to talk about how we all need to rein it in. Because y'all are still out there with a lot of disposable income despite the fact that I hear you complaining about your CUC bills or not being able to pay your mortgage. He's not going to put any recommendations on each of us. Like, wow, times are tight. And when times are tight, you got to pull up your bootstraps and you got to do what you got to do. No. The government, not his government, not when they were in power for 12 years, they were not capable. They were impetus. They couldn't do it. This government must do it. They must solve the inflation problems. They must solve the economic problems and woes that are facing all of us. When he has said before, a lot of it is outside of our control. But listen carefully. The things that are in our control, like giving away millions upon millions of dollars to developers by way of duty waivers. Didn't want to do it for the Caymanians, though. They did that. All that money could have been kept in the economy that could be helping people with relief programs. This government hasn't given any duty waiver concessions and big projects. All that was already done under the previous administration. But when this government says, we're going to ensure that all of our children at the very minimum have a free meal in government schools, what does the opposition do? They jump up and say, hold on a second. They're trying to break the government bank account. We can't keep giving away free food. Where's the money coming from? Well, they weren't concerned about where the money was coming from when they were promising during the election that they were going to increase the tourism stipend. They never told you where that money was coming from. In fact, not only did they not tell the people where that money was going to come from, because they already knew that we would be running into deficit. 
they didn't even budget for it <laughs> because they were so sure that they would get back in and they'd be able to smooth it over and do you know fancy accounting and y'all wouldn't even know that they had to steal from Peter over here to pay Paul to fulfill an election promise. Meanwhile, ensuring that they got a pay raise. So one of the first things that this government had to do was to go into place, this current government, the Pat government, and put in a temporary budget to cover the money that the previous unity government, PPM-led government was already spending and they didn't have a clue where the money was coming from. Here's what the premier had to say last night about some of this. The opposition are, you know, rightly doing what opposition do. They they come along and say, well, do this and do that. And yeah, we, we, we you've told us what the problem is. Mm -hmm. You said that um, this was going to be an issue and we were, that's why we brought our motion on, on Thursday evening. Um, now, what are you going to do about it? I've outlined what we have been doing to, to relieve the burden on, on many Caymanian families um, and what we're doing right now to address some of these issues around the, the cost of inflation and specifically the impact of your CUC bills. Um, that is, you know, that is something that, that I think is a, is a significant um, contributor, but we, we have to be responsible. We cannot, we don't have unlimited resources because if we if we end up in a in a, a budget deficit because we have spent lots of money, um, given lots of money back to people, the first thing the opposition are going to say is, "You've you know you've failed in terms of fiscal management." You know mm -hmm. that, right? So we have got to try to ensure that we're acting in a very responsible way. We're helping as many people as we as we can. That people that actually need it, not people who don't really need it. Mm -hmm. There are many people in this country, many CUC customers who don't really need, need it. Yes, they they have to pay the bills too, um, and they but they can they can withstand it a lot more than you know than a lot of the majority can. The majority of the inflation that we're that we're suffering from is imported inflation, uh, and even the opposition acknowledges that there's very little you can you know the government can do, um, you know the. The current leader of the opposition, I think, even as far back as the election campaign, um, has very clearly acknowledged, um, as I have, and as we all should, if we're being perfectly honest with the people of the country, mm -hmm. that there's not a lot of tools that the government has, um, you know, to, to to help with these things. Um, mm. We don't have the we don't have a central bank with monist, monetary policy levers that can apply. You know, can can address um, easing and and or tightening of, of of supply money supply. So we do our best, and we're doing our best now. We have been we have been clearly working to to alleviate the burden over the past year on Caymanian families, and we're doing even more right now because we specifically recognize and we've been working for the past six weeks or so um, to to work out exactly how to do this so that over the next three months, which are the highest consumption months for um, for energy supply in Cayman, we can provide solutions. We can provide a benefit, a help to those families. 
All right. So that was some of the premier's comments last week. And yes, that speech from Mr. McTaggart was in June um, of last year. Right. So Ms. Brenda says their hardships, uh, these hardships existed when the now premier was minister of financial services. Nothing was done then. These problems should have been a priority. Well, again, that's 12 years under the progressive government. Um, goes, she goes on to say, amend the laws that would be the right path to get started on. It can be done. Just address it. Step on some corns. Remember that um, the hides that are suffering are the people who can, the hides that are suffering are the people who can vote and the corn don't and can't vote. Mm, good morning, caller. Buenos dias, como esta? Good. How are you? Uh, excelente. Wonderful. That's the extent of your um, Spanish. That's it. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's one word more than I knew the last time we spoke. <laughs> <laughs> so at least we have some progress. Yes. All right. Um, one of the things that need to be addressed before it becomes a total nightmare. I made reference in the past that are going to lose their homes. And one needs to understand that the turn in attitude of the Federal Reserve in the US is from lowering interest rates. It's been going on for the past 20 plus years. So raising interest rates, and they're just getting started. And if you have difficulties paying your mortgage right now, it's going to get very painful including probably losing your home. One of the things that I think this government should do is to undo the amendment made to uh, the law that allows banks to take away people's homes without judicial oversight. And they should include in that a sliding scale that takes into consideration um the age of a person so in circumstances where a person's home gets taken away and that person is let's say 25 it's a much different reality than a person at a higher age let's say 60. what i want to do denny um i'm going to pause you in this conversation because we were hoping to have had this conversation today um, I was going to play the Kenneth video, have the actual homeowner call in, but she has opted out from doing it today. She wants to pray a little bit more on the situation. So, and she's also going to send me some more details about her specific situation. So that conversation, I intend to have um, a bit more fuller tomorrow because there's a voice note from Charles Whitaker about the point that you're making now. And in fact, my understanding is the law was not changed. So I need to fact check a couple things to circle that, back to this discussion. No, that's not it. The law was changed. Well, I'm, um, ha I'm having someone who is an elected official who was there at the time saying that there was no change to the law. What they did was the practice direction was changed in relation to Sriba multi-listing system. So again, I'm going to get some verification on that so that I can speak from a hundred percent certainty as opposed to any degree of speculation. Okay. 
Yeah. So tomorrow we're going to have tune in early um, because I'm going to verify these little elements coming in to tomorrow's show. Okay. Good. So, so I will. So manana. Manana. Say, say, ma say manana. Learn one more word. Uh, uh, we say me mama? Ma not me mama. <laughs> not, not mama. Not mamacita. Manana. <laughs> <laughs> big right. big difference <laughs> all right come on. all right denny thanks very much all right folks yes let's learn some spanglish while we're at it um so miss brenda says that relief programs are temporary changes to the law will be permanent uh they ran on making things better it's time to deliver let's focus on all the campaign promises that's what the people are asking for and would like to see otherwise they're going to be a one-term government well listen there's a whole list of things that this government has already delivered and you may say that relief programs are um, temporary, but sometimes that's what people need is temporary relief. So the three months of the year when you're going to see the highest increase in your CUC bill, if you got relief during those months, does it not relieve you and allow you to perhaps save a little bit more going into the rest of the year? So there's nothing wrong with temporary relief in times of difficult financial times. Sometimes that's all you need. It's, it's not about um, putting everybody in NAU or making these things a permanent solution. It's about giving you the little bit of help when you need it the most. So I don't necessarily say anything wrong with temporary release. But when, it, when you say it comes down to changing laws, what laws specifically are you suggesting that need to be changed that would benefit the people financially? So let's talk about this. Stick with the concept here, folks, of um, of finances. So Balika, good morning. He says, yes, you must address the mortgage issue. Yeah, sometimes I don't like to get into like start off a little miniature conversation. If we're going to dig uh, what we call a deep dive into conversation, let's make sure we have all the chips on the table and we fully understand all the elements of it. It's really easy to get very emotional about these things. Trust me, I know when it comes to an individual potentially losing their home, but we need all of the details. Now, when they mentioned that they were the bank that they were dealing with was Scotia Bank, ugh, my eyes just kind of rolled in my head a couple of times, child. I'd be like, like little Gigi. Whenever Gigi's like, she tries to do eye roll. It's so obvious, right? So, you know, most people just kind of, it's very natural. She's like, ugh. And that's how I felt yesterday when the person said, oh, it's Scotiabank. I'm like, oh, why am I not surprised? But anyway, um, they have the worst communication, especially as it relates to um, anyone who's in a little bit of a financial predicament. They, they're Bridget and that whole team. I think it's, she might just be a one woman department um, collections and whatever. They are horrible at Scotiabank. I don't know how they won bank of the year for this type of thing. I must tell you, um, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just shocked. But anyway, um, and they will tell you one thing. I mean, I've, I've heard people during the pandemic, there was a situation with a car where they're like, okay, if you pay this and whatever, you're not going to lose the vehicle. And then the person still end up losing the vehicle. It's like, they misinform you sometimes about what you even owe. I, I, Jesus. They're special. Uh, so we'll get we'll get all the details. So the homeowner has given me assurances that she's going to send me some information. I expect to see some correspondence between her and Miss Bridget over at the bank. And so we can see what's going on. You know, somebody was telling me recently that Scotiabank, li listen to how ridiculous they are, right? If 
say, say for example, you had um, a car loan or a credit card or whatever. Say you got in trouble with that situation. You had a little bit of bad credit for like a month or two, right? Five, six years later, you, you may have even paid off to make up for it. You may, may, may have made extra payments. You might've paid it off early, um, all this kind of stuff. But this is what they do. When someone calls another bank for bank reference, right? They're going to tell only the bad. They're not going to say, oh, well, you know, yes, this person ran into some issues for two months on their house loan, but then they were making extra payments. They got out of that. They're not going to tell them any of that positivity. They're only going to give them the negative to try and ensure that you don't get any assistance from another bank. And sometimes assistance from another bank means trying to get it refinanced, but they don't, they don't want to lose your business, although they're claiming that, oh, you have bad credit. So they won't tell the other bank anything good about what you've done with your finances. So Irvlin says, true, Scotiabank is very difficult to deal with. Matrix says, Scotiabank is the worst. The only time they probably move fast is when they're getting robbed at gunpoint. <laughs> Irvlin says, no customer service and one bagger run around. That's, that's if you can even um, get around to them calling you. Folks, tune in tomorrow so we can have the mortgage conversation. Bobo listeners, have a fantabulous day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. All right, so one question before we um, end the program here. Uh, this is a good question from, where did I just see it? Uh, Kevon says, why doesn't the government take that $5 million proposed and launch a solar program? Let's get 50 households um, in lower income to get full solar. Well, the problem with that, Kevon, is this. The government is trying to help the most amount of people with the $5 million. In other words, they're trying to get that $5 million to stretch as far as possible and as quickly as possible. So they're trying to give people relief now during the three months of the year, July, August, and September, when they need it the most. The solar suggestion, you've already pointed out the problem with it is not a whole lot of people would benefit from it. The $5 million that is. So you have $5 million. Who, how do you determine which 50 households, and it's actually 250 households that could potentially, depending on the different factors of size, how many panels they need. So say roughly 200, 225 households that could benefit. How would you determine who those individuals are? You'd have to do some sort of vetting process. And how is that going to work? Because every poor person is going to be like, oh, well, I should get it. Why is my neighbor getting it? So that's part of the problem with that approach. The other part of the problem with taking the $5 million and doing it in that way is you're looking at relief being six to nine months down the line, not now. And this particular package is meant to give people immediate relief during the three months of the year when your CUC bill would be the highest. There's a lot that goes in to people um, getting solar and the average amount of time is going to take anywhere from six to nine months to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. 
And there's a lot involved in that. So I've talked about this before, Kevon, you probably missed it, but I think it was last week, Monday or Tuesday. And I was saying, even from the perspective of the load that can be put on your roof. So if you're a poor person, I don't know what kind of structure, you're truly poor. I don't know what kind of structure you might be living in, but you know, you've got to get inspections done before the little company can start installing the panel. Um, I don't consider myself a poor person. I'm middle-class. And when they came and looked at my roof, I had to do upgrades to the roof. You know what I'm saying? I was like, what? People don't understand and think about these things when it comes to solar. It's not just about throwing some solar panels on the roof and you're good to go. Because what they said was the number of panels that we're putting on your roof, your roof doesn't have enough hurricane straps. The first little storm that comes, your roof and the hurricane um, and the solar panels are going to get blown away. And I was like, what? I didn't know that. They said, yes. And there's other inspections. So poor people sometimes are doing things like their own electrical work. They didn't bother to go through planning to get it approved. Are they adding on apartments in the back and doing all this kind of patchy, patchy situation? None of that is going to fly when you have to now come in and put in a whole new electrical system onto your house in order for the solar panels to run through that. Like people don't physically understand the process of what goes into putting panels. So we have two completely different meters now. One is the regular CUC meter. One is the other meter for the solar panels. CUC has to come out and inspect that. Planning has to inspect that. It has to go through building control. So saying, oh, just give people solar panels. I know it sounds so easy, but there's a lot more involved in that. And what you're going to find is you're going to run into um, who's going to be eligible for it, not just from a fiscal or financial point perspective, because then you'd have to start vetting people. But it's also a situation of what kind of structure are we talking about? You know, we're going to have to then give them money to repair homes and to fix electrical issues and, you know, all this other kind of stuff. So there's a lot that goes into it. And that's why I'm always begging people to, yeah, these suggestions on the surface sounds good, but let's ensure that you're really thinking about the details of what is involved in these suggestions. One day, I hope that everybody has access to solar panels. But that's not something that's going to happen overnight. Okay, let's end with this comment, last comment of the day. Moya says, to be completely honest, uh, this government has made some progress in helping our Caymanian people, from free lunches for the kids to going to help uh, with a credit to our CUC bill, looking to the Caymanian home ownership crises, um, pumping up immigration, clapping back to ensure key managers about first and jobs, having cynical and more products insurance, looking into the pension crises we will have for this upcoming generation. When we retire, their small changes alone have been more impactful. And the other thing I want to say, Moya, is now they've been in there for a year. We're still waiting on their one-year report, right? But Rome wasn't destroyed in a day, and it can't be rebuilt in a day. So the issues that we're facing from the social issues, the financial management issues, date back a very long time. And that's why I keep coming back to the fact of this. For the past 12 years, those who are now in the opposition have had their turn. They weren't satisfied because they were fighting tooth and nail to try and get another term in there. What has their track record been for the last 12 years? In 12 years, you should be accomplished, should have been able to accomplish a lot that would have benefited the people that came out and be that much more noticeable. 
What laws were they amending? Ms. Brenda talking about amending laws. What laws were they amending in the past 12 years that was actually beneficial to the people? Mm. Crickets. That's all I'm hearing. Show me their track record. How are they fixing education? What were they doing? I'm just saying. It's easy to criticize. It's a whole other situation when you are responsible for not just coming up with solutions, but implementing them. I'm going to leave you all there. It's a wonderful uh, Thursday morning, folks, in the Cayman Islands. Go out there and try to better not just your life, but maybe your neighbor's life or someone around you. Give somebody a word of encouragement. Say good morning. Be kind. K-man kind is not always a bad thing. Love thy neighbor. Help somebody out who needs a little bit of help. I will see you guys tomorrow morning. It's the Friday edition of the show. Like I said, we're hoping that we can have the mortgage conversation. But I want to have it starting off with the actual person who's in the predicament, who's in the situation. She's sending me some information. We can gather more facts because we've got to make sure that when we have these discussions, we are as informed as we possibly can. All right. Here's a little word from our sponsors and, of course, some of our community leaders who um, enjoy the program and always give us a shout out. You guys have a great one. Recover personal injury attorneys. Helping injured people get what they deserve. Did you know that insurance companies have lawyers that represent their interests? Before signing and accepting any settlement, know your rights. Call us today for a free consultation at 924-9999. That's 924-9999. Recover. Your personal injury attorneys are on standby to assist. Are you tired of overpaying for TV services, can't figure out VPNs, and constantly missing your favorite TV shows? No access to the good stuff on streaming services? The frustration is real, but it doesn't have to be. Contact Roque, Cayman's streaming pros. We put you back in the driver's seat right in front of your TV. Call 926-1213 or message WhatsApp TV. Roque is not a TV service provider. Terms and conditions may apply. Hey, look here. You're looking for something to do, huh? Are you looking for something to do with friends and family? How about a private boat trip? Enjoy partner locations like Stingray City, Starfish Point, Rum Point, or Kaibo on a trip with WG Charters. Private boating is only $400 CI or $500 US. Take him or her out on an evening date and cruise around the North Sound for that beautiful sunset or romantic night cruise for only $300. Visit WGCharters.com or look for WG Charters on Facebook, Instagram, or WhatsApp, 345-923-1741. WG Charters. My choice. Mga kabayan, nakatutok po kayo sa cold hard truth. Hatid ni Sandy Hill. Ang nangungunang talk show sa Cayman, ang Boses ng Masa. At the HSA, we know that your time is a precious resource and want to help you spend it wisely. 
Avoid the wait and request your prescription refills through our website, WhatsApp, or by calling the pharmacy. Use our delivery service if you are vulnerable, elderly, or a civil servant, or pick them up the next day. Your secure health records are at your fingertips with our My HSA Patient Portal and Healthy Life app. Our nine locations throughout all three islands make receiving quality care simple and convenient because your time matters to us.